Driving plays a big part in driving the local economy. It helps us all get where we're going and creates good jobs close to home. At Synovus Energy, our refineries in Toledo and Lima are a reliable domestic source of gasoline, diesel, and jet fuel. Plus, more than 2,300 employees and contractors work for us here in Ohio. See how we're helping local communities move forward at synovus.com. Driving plays a big part in driving the local economy. It helps us all get where we're going and creates good jobs close to home. At Synovus Energy, our refineries in Toledo and Lima are a reliable domestic source of gasoline, diesel, and jet fuel. Plus, more than 2,300 employees and contractors work for us here in Ohio. See how we're helping local communities move forward at synovus.com. This holiday season, you know what I have on my wish list? Adventure. That's why I got a new Honda during the Happy Honda Day sales event. They have a whole lineup of rugged, all-wheel drive SUVs, CRV, Pilot, Passport. But at the end of the day, I drove off in a new HRV with a bunch of safety features. And best of all, I got it on clearance. So don't just sit around knitting an ugly holiday sweater. See your local Honda dealer for Happy Honda Day's clearance pricing today. Hey, I've got to tell you about a local career training program that's in your backyard and won't break the bank. Fast Forward at your local community college was created to match the needs of your area, meaning you'll train for open, available jobs. The moment you reach out, you'll get connected with a Fast Forward coach who can help you enroll in training that can lead to a job where you live. Grants and financial assistance available, and most programs last 6 to 12 weeks. Learn more and connect with your local Fast Forward career coach at fastforwardva.org. Oakland, L.A., Oakland, Vegas, Raider Nation, wherever, forever. You got your old Uncle Mosh and Raiders fan radio from Murph's Man Cave taking a lighter journey into the dark side. Sit back, put your feet up, pop a top, and enjoy the ride. Here we go! Love you, and we'll see you in the Hall of Fame. When you have great coaches, then after you have great coaches, you get great players, you have a great organization, and you tell them one thing, just win, baby. Way up the Well, I love this team. I think this team can win. I think this team can win. What is up, Raider Nation? Your old buddy Murph back once again for what I hope to be a fantastic episode of Raiders Fan Radio. That's right, back here in Murph's Fan Cave. It is uh, episode number 119. Every time I say that, and it's in the 100s, it always uh, trips me out. But anyways, uh, one, number 119 of, of Raiders Fan Radio. Appreciate everybody joining us uh, live on the YouTubes, and thank you to all of you that are joining us uh, out there in podcast land. Uh, there is no disembodied belly laughing 
co-host for us today. I am doing what uh, I refer to as the dreaded podcast selfie. Uh, that's right. I'm, I'm going solo tonight through Raiders Fan Radio. And there's only one reason why uh, I would even do this. Back in the old days, I would have never even have considered it. But nowadays, with the live stream and with YouTube and with the chat, uh, it, it doesn't feel like I'm just sitting here talking to myself. So uh, it's, it's, it's great to have everybody that's already jumped in the chat tonight. Uh, Chris Potts, Coach Randy Hanson. What's up, Coach? Uh, Sam Acosta, Aaron the Q-Dog Raider, Ron the Wrench, the Mater Raider, Alexander Stockton, Chevy Raider, um, uh, Lizette Ramiro, Raider Rich, uh, Roach is in there, uh, Joseph Duran, Mojo Raider, a whole bunch of, uh, of you in there, and we always support um, uh, your, we appreciate your support of Raiders Fan Raider and appreciate you joining me here tonight. So I'll go ahead and switch the camera over there, and you, you can see it's, it's empty. It's just the, uh, just the empty 32 chair over there and uh, where, where Uncle Mosh would normally be. So uh, you have to put up with just me tonight. Uh, this really is going to be a quick show. I wanted to do this for a couple of, of reasons. Uh, we're going to skip kind of some of the bigger news stories. You guys know what the news is. And uh, we're going to skip some of the, the normal segments that we've been doing here lately. But there's a few things that I wanted to get to you tonight. And that's one of the reasons that I wanted to uh, uh, to jump on here and do this, this podcast selfie. So uh, number one is that I had an interview yesterday with uh, Raiders reporter Scott Winter. And for those of you that have listened to our show for uh, any significant amount of time, you know that Scott's been a longtime uh, fixture and reporter um, or, 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 uh, what am I trying to say? Like a guest and, uh, and has made many appearances here on, on Raiders fan radio. And Scott was gracious with his time yesterday and it's an hour long interview. So, uh, and that's after being edited up and everything. So for those of you on the YouTube, uh, you're not going to be able to hear that. You're going to have to go back and, and listen to the podcast version of that. Those of you that are on the, on the podcast that will come up for you here very shortly. But for those of you on the YouTube, definitely go check it out. It's great. And we get in the weeds on everything. For those of you that like it, when we dig in on on players and specifics of players and you know specifics of what the Raiders, the projected moves may be in the draft and in free agency and what's going to influence those decisions and all that, we are way in the weeds on all that stuff. So I think you're going to definitely enjoy that conversation with Scott Winter. And so I wanted to bring that to you this week. And then also there's a few other things that I want to hit this week for sure. Um, see a fans mailbag as always is our as our favorite part of the show we had some see a fans left over from last week we couldn't get to and we had a bunch this week so I, I thought we would do this podcast selfie uh so we could get those all out there as well so again we're kind of in this together just you and me tonight so i hope that's okay uh, i want to hit a couple of things before we get to the contact information uh first and foremost um we've started this new venture with uh nflshop.com uh there's a link in the description so if you're going to buy stuff from nflshop.com whether it's a new era hat or you're going to get a new jersey or whatever else you're going to buy from nfl shop please hit that link and go and buy through there uh for whatever it is that you're going to get and a portion of uh of what you buy a portion of that gets kicked back to us and we're going to take that money and donate it and um we're not quite pinned down on what uh, charity we're going to do yet, but we're close. Uh, I've reached out to a few different ones and 
gotten some interesting responses nothing concrete yet and uh, so once we kind of land on that then we'll let you know but just know that anything you do uh anything that you buy any of that money that comes back to us we're gonna we're gonna give it away and uh we're so we're gonna uh, appreciate you all in advance for supporting us that way uh also for those of you a couple of you have mentioned already the new shirt so the get made uh raiders fan radio t-shirt those are going to be out very soon and we'll have those for sale on our website and again same thing uh after you know after we cover our costs on things and we're going to give a give all the money away so uh, definitely appreciate uh, you all for supporting the show in the way that you do thank you for those of you in the chat room tonight and i uh, look forward to a quick little episode of raiders fan radio here and uh let's go ahead and uh, get started well now i gotta find see i got uncle march's board over here and i gotta figure out where the stuff is okay here it is all right boys and girls pay attention you got your old uncle mosh here with an update that's right. I got some stuff for you. Take out a piece of paper, a pencil, a pen. Ah, heck, use your pocket knife and carve the info into your dashboard as you're driving down the highway. First off, you need to like us on our fan page on Facebook. That's right. Go to Facebook at Raiders Fan Radio Podcast. Don't forget about the Twitter. You know your old Uncle Mosh. He twits now. That's right. Go to at Raiders Fan Radio. Also, don't forget the Instagram at Raiders Fan Radio. Or what about our website? That's right, RaidersFanRadio.com. Heck, if you wanted to, you if you wanted to, if you want to, you can even email us show at RaidersFanRadio.com or call us on the Raiders Fan Radio hotline, 909-345-3346. That's 909-345-3346. Don't forget Merv's Fan Cave on the YouTube where you can get all the show links like the Fan Club Blitz with Splatterhead and Fitz. Find all our stuff on podcast providers like Stitcher, iTunes, and Google Play. All right, did I hit the time limit? Good. All right, thank you, Uncle Mosh. Appreciate that contact information there. And uh, all right, so thank you again to those of you joining us here for episode uh, 119 of Raiders Fan Radio. So, uh, you know, we always name our show uh, after, or we always draw significance back to the show number uh, based on something that is Raider-related. And so for this week, so we're episode number 119, so it was a little bit on the nose, but uh, we're going to have one last one in 2019 so one more for 19 that's right the Raiders as you all know uh, have announced a uh, at least an, an agreement in principle to play uh, the next 2019 season uh, back at the Oakland Coliseum which I think we can all agree that's where they belong all of these other you know uh, scenarios that have been thrown out there are, are fun to think about and I think it was certainly interesting to explore the concepts but at the end of the day they are the Oakland Raiders to us and always will be until the day that they're not when they become the Las Vegas Raiders so uh, I think we can all agree that it's going to be great uh, to see them back in Oakland. And, you know, originally I, I thought I was done. I went to the opening game last year uh, to the Monday night or week one, and I thought, well, that was going to be it. That was my last shot to, to go and sit in the black hole and experience Oakland. And now I'm going to have to make one more pilgrimage out there, man. I, it's just it's uh, not, not only do I miss the food and it's a good opportunity to visit friends and family, but, you know, you got to go see the Raiders, man. I, I might, we may have to do that. So uh, it, it's I've only once in my life have gone to a road game and a home game. That was a couple years ago uh, when I saw uh, Sonny and I went to the Raiders uh, home game against the uh, the Broncos on Sunday night. And then we also were at, uh, at the Titans game uh, here in Tennessee. Uh, but so for this year, I don't know, we might have to make 
take one out for Oakland and then still get up there to, to New York to go check out the Jets and see our buddies at the, uh, at the fan club blitz and the New Jersey chapter of the black hole. Uh, of course it all just depends on scheduling, but anyways, so good news for all of us. The Oakland Raiders are still the Oakland Raiders. They're going to be the Oakland Raiders until they're the Las Vegas Raiders. And then we'll all reboot our fandom and figure it all out from there. So, uh, one last one for 119. Uh, speaking of all of that, uh, I do want to give respect to someone that's been a guest on our show and someone that I've been in uh, really constant contact with ever since our interview, and that is Councilor William Parker of the Birmingham, Alabama City Council. For those of you that remember the interview we did with Councilman Parker, they had a proposal on the table to bring the Raiders to Legion Field and to have them play. Starting off, it was going to be the full seven-game slate of their home schedule at Legion Field in Alabama, and then they went into another partnership with the city of Tucson, and they had a proposal on the table for Tucson, Arizona, and uh, Legion Field. Now, with the news that's come out this week with the Raiders uh, sticking in Oakland, uh, pretty much that that's now off the table as suspected. But Councilor Parker is a super cool guy, and he's he's still you know he spent. Um, uh, a lot of time with us on on the phone, and he's reached out to me now multiple times and kind of kept me abreast of what's going on with it. Well, when this latest news came out this week, we spoke again uh, this past Monday, and uh, and he said, you know, Murphy said, I know that this thing is probably a done deal, but I'd still like to have you guys uh, come down and and spend some time with us down here in Birmingham. Because we had talked about maybe doing like a face-to-face interview, maybe at an at a iron game, whatnot. And for those of you that are familiar with the American or the Alliance of American football, you know, the, the Birmingham iron football team, their colors are silver and black. And a lot of Raider nation has kind of adopted, uh, the iron is their AAF team. So, so we were interested in doing that anyways. Well, then he said, why don't you come down here, come down here. Uh, this, you know, the deal's probably off the table, but you be my guest. You'll be the guest of the, of the city of Birmingham and we'll host you guys. You come down, hang out in our suite and, uh, and watch the iron game. So me and Mosh are going down for this Sunday's game. It's this Sunday at three o'clock. Uh, so watch the game and, uh, and, and we're going to be down there. And our buddy, Kevin, the Raider nerd, uh, who lives in Atlanta is going to meet us down there. So the three of us are going to go down there. Uh, we'll have some stuff for you on Sunday. We'll probably do a live stream on the way down. You know, Uncle Mosh and I'll, you know, eat chicken wings and, and, and uh, I don't know, play around on, on YouTube or something on the way down. I don't know. But, uh, we'll, but we'll, we'll have something coming for Sunday, and then we'll definitely record some stuff uh, while we're down there with, with not only Counselor Parker, uh, but probably Kevin the Raider Nerd as well. And we'll give you a report on, on what the AAF is like. So, uh, f- so, again, for those of you in Raider Nation that have adopted this, this uh, other league, that team is your team, then, well, you know, we'll be uh, Iron fans. Fan radio for the day so look for that uh this sunday and much much respect uh to our uh, becoming a good friend of our show uh counselor william parker of uh of birmingham all right so uh uh now we got that let's go ahead and uh, uh get to an, our next segment here which is going to be the news and uh before that we'll listen to uh andrew DePaulo. this is andrew DePaulo, long snapper with the oakland raiders you're listening to murph with raiders fan radio just win baby All right. Appreciate you again, uh, all of you joining us here in the chat. Uh, let's see. We see Bobby Wasabi is in there. Vector Box News. Nick Christopoulos. Mojo Raider. Aaron the Q-Dog Raider. Uh, Ron with the wrench. Uh, Coach Randy Hansen is in there. Appreciate everybody. I can't scroll up. Chris Potts. Chris Potts, I see. Uh, appreciate everybody. 
joining us there and appreciate you supporting Raiders Fan Radio. This is weird just talking, uh, just just me and not having Mosh to bounce things off of. So I appreciate you putting up with me on that. Um, so speaking of that, uh, I had a few things that I wanted to get to this week in the news. Um, and we had our segment that we've been doing with the draft, draft prospects and draft targets. Scott and I got into a lot of that, so I'll kind of save that till Mosh gets back. Uh, and, you know, instead of me just sitting here giving you my thoughts on things, I like to bounce things off of him. So, so we'll save that for next week. Uh, and also, uh, speaking of the draft uh, upcoming, Mike Mayock, as a lot of you have seen, and I think some of you were already mentioning in the chat, did a great press conference today in terms of the combine, kind of gave an, an, uh, a little bit of an overview of what uh, Raider Nation can expect uh, to to see uh, in terms of the players they're going to target, what they're looking for, the characteristics, what makes a Raider. You hear them throwing the lot, that out a lot here lately, Mayock and Gruden, about you know what is actually making makes a Raider. Mayock does a great job of detailing that. We'll get to all that stuff uh, next week. We, we're going to have those sound bites for you. We'll break those things down because uh, it's it's great, great stuff. And then also, Coach Gruden was on JT the Brick uh, earlier this week. And uh, Coach Gruden had some great comments uh, with JT, and I got four or five audio bites of that that we will play for you as well. So we'll get that uh, next week. But one one bit of news uh, that I definitely wanted to get to, and then I have a poll we're going to cover. Uh, as far as news goes, one of the things that um, came out this week is that uh, PFT, Pro Football Talk, had a release of their rankings of the uh, best, or the teams in the best position in this upcoming NFL draft. Now, PFT, for those of you uh, that, that, that consume that website and whatnot, know who Florio is and all that, they're kind of a Raider detractor. They're kind of, they're not necessarily, I wouldn't call them flat out haters. They're not like Stephen A., but they definitely take shots and they take subtle shots. It's very passive aggressive in their reporting. And there's a lot of anti-Raider sentiment anyways on that, on that website. Well, on PFT, and the reason this got my attention, the reason that I, I bring it up this week was that they actually gave us props, but I don't think they, they realized what they were doing. So in this article, they took, or somebody took, somebody related to the website and they're, they're endorsing the, the reporting anyways, they took a ranking system that Jimmy Johnson had way back in the day where basically he assigned a value to draft picks and then based on that value determined a score. Okay. So using that and some other metrics that they had, they determined that the Raiders were the number one team. If you look at the list here, the Raiders were the number one team in terms of strength in this coming draft. All right. So the Raiders are number one. Uh, and followed by the Cardinals, the Packers, the Niners, and then the Bills, okay? Well, the reason that I bring all this up is because PFT is, like I said, they take a lot of shots at the Raiders, and they gave us a ton of crap about the Mac deal and about the Cooper deal. They were the first ones on the front line to talk about, you know, how the Raiders let them, the, the generational player get away, and that whole rhetoric, a lot of that came from PFT. Well, look who's at the bottom of their dang list now. You guys see that? Look who's number 30. The Dallas Cowboys, the Saints are 31. Look who's dead last at the bottom, the Chicago freaking Bears. So now tell me how bad of a, of, a, of, a, of a transaction that was. Now you're talking about the team that rates overall in the absolute best position in the 2019 NFL draft is our team, and the team that ranks absolutely dead last in their position is that other team. So this just another 
occasion where look there's a there's a bias against the Raiders we all know that it exists but when things like this come out we definitely want to celebrate that because I think that as much crap as the Raiders get for a lot of the transactions that they've made a lot of what they are doing is heading in the right direction and things like this uh definitely detail that out so that's definitely a, a, a very cool thing and a cool sign uh for our Raiders all right um Another uh, another thing that came up this week, I'm bringing it up here now, is uh, my Uncle Mosh and I had a fun conversation last week in terms of uh, numbers. Um, I, I mentioned a story about uh, uh, Ricky Henderson uh, wanting to come and play for the Raiders, and uh, he wore the, 20, uh, the number 24, and I made a reference to, to, to uh, how he wasn't, uh, wouldn't have been the only iconic 24, that there was these other guys. And uh, we, so we started talking about numbers, and we started talking about the most iconic numbers in Raider Nation. And, and we had a lot of great input from you all in the chat and, uh, and had a lot of great input on our Facebook page where I put up a poll, and I wanted to share with you the results because this is pretty fun stuff. Um, so I put up uh, this poll, and, and so in the course of Mosh and I's discussion, we pretty much narrowed it down to the number 24 and the number 32. So being the most iconic number in Raiders history for as far as obviously players go that in terms of those numbers. So 24 was the one that we kind of landed on because of Charles Woodson, uh, Willie Brown, um, now Marshawn Lynch. And then once upon a time, Fred Williamson uh, going way back in the day in the, in the early sixties of the Raiders. And then the only other one that I thought was even a contender was number 32, which would have been uh, Marcus Allen. And of course, Jack Tatum. So, So we put the poll out there. Well, uh, we had 189 votes, and 69% of you voted for 24. That that is the most iconic number in uh, in, in terms of players in Raider history. And I, I agree. I think that those three guys look. You got three Hall of Famers because Marshawn's going to walk off uh, walk off the the field of the Oakland Coliseum, wait five years, and then walk straight into Canton. I mean, I don't think there's any doubt uh, that he's going to be a Hall of Famer. So you got three Hall of Famers wearing that number. So that was pretty cool. So, so 69% of you voted there. Some of you like Chuck McCanson, I can't do it. I can't pick. And I don't blame you. It's a real Sophie's choice there. It's like trying to pick between your kids, right? Uh, you know, picking your favorite uh, number in terms of those players. Um, but I had some other great uh, uh, suggestions. And so here's some more just to float out there uh, to you. Uh, number 81. Of course, we always think of Tim Brown. But that's also worn well. So going back in the day, again, going back to those 60s Raiders, that was a really good one. Number 75, we always think in terms of, of Howie Long, but also big fella John Vela uh, wore number 75, of course, part of that legendary offensive line that won uh, Super Bowl with the Raiders in the 70s. So that's a pretty good one. Here's one that we missed. Mosh and I totally missed, and I don't know how, but Plunkett and Blanda. Plunkett and Blanda both wearing 16. That's a really good one uh, that, that we missed. This was my original vote, which was uh, a 12, which is Snake and Gannon, uh, not to mention Jacoby Ford, uh, but Snake and Gannon right there at, at 12 was a good one. 83 is a great one. That's Ted Hendricks, and that's Big Ben Davidson. Again, going back a little ways, but that was a good one. Uh, Charlie Garner and Fred Bolitnikoff in 25. That was solid. I think if DJ Hayden would have uh, emerged and ended up being a, a really good player for the Raiders, 25 could have contended because, man, for those of you that don't remember, go back and watch footage of Charlie Garner when he was a Raider, man. He was awesome. He was so electrifying, man. He was a great player. Of course, we know uh, you know, Fred Bolitnikoff, Hall of Famer. But in the last one I got for you, uh, number double zero, uh, 
This was, as you'll hear in the interview, this was Scott Winter's pick. Double zero is iconic for a couple of different reasons. Uh, you know, the, just the nomenclature of it, Otto, and, uh, and, and how it, uh, you know, kind of reciprocates with, with his name. But here's the, where I kind of landed on it. Here's where I would think that if anything, it's, it's probably third, if not second. Jim Otto to Al Davis, the guy that invented the Raiders, Jim Otto was the most Raider person ever. He was the most Raidery Raider ever. So if Al Davis, the guy that invented the freaking the whole concept of the Raiders, thinks that this guy embodied the Raiders more than anybody throughout the history of the organization, then he certainly gets my vote. So uh, I think that that's an interesting one to consider. And then on, on then the cherry on top of it is that no one will ever wear double zero again. So so really fun conversation. Thank you for your uh, participation in that, for all the, uh, the submissions that we got on that. Thanks for voting in it. And uh, all right, let's go ahead and move on from that, and we'll talk a little bit about the draft. Here is latest draft. There's a draft. Today's our draft. Watch out for drafts. This is the NFL draft. The first draft. Look, I'm into a draft. He's going to in the draft. You're going to the draft? Surefire first round draft pick. Draft looks solid. Good luck to the draft. They drafted me. Apparently you were drafted. I drafted you. I got drafted. Another successful draft. Yeah. Shallow draft. Draft picks. It's my third draft. Let me get drafted once. Well, it's draft day. Let's talk about the draft. This is going to be the worst draft yet. It's our draft. You drafted me in the first round. Number one draft choice, signed a big contract. Excellent draft. Nash building. Nash building. Nash building. All right, so uh, for the draft, uh, for those of you, uh, everybody knows, right? By now, everyone knows the, the draft is in uh, in Nashville, Tennessee, which is where Uncle Mosh and I relocated to a number of years ago. And so we are going to be front and center for the Nashville draft. Uh, and uh, so can you be. Uh, all you got to do is download an app, and you will have a ticket to go to the 2019 NFL draft. Now, quick update, the draft app that you need to get a ticket an electronic ticket and then you just scan your phone to get in just like you would at an airport or a concert nowadays or anything uh to get that you got to get that app and the app is not released yet so in fact somebody on the sea of fans mailbag this week asked about it so there's the quick update is that you can't get the app yet we know you're going to be able to go we know that through this app you're going to be able to sign up and and go uh just just by by using your phone uh but it's not available so just stay tuned and as soon as it's available as soon as we see anything on them we will definitely share that with you and so just just stay tuned but uh if you are coming uh on sunday uh we're going to do our listener meetup we're going to do it at the bavarian beer house which is at uh, opry mills mall a big giant mall with bars and shops and restaurants and movie theaters and all kinds of stuff to do uh we're going to do that uh big mugs of beer and all kinds it's going to be a blast so definitely come and check us out and uh if, if you're uh willing to share your draft experience with us we'd love to have you uh talked to again scott yesterday and scott's going to be there he's going to join us live for an episode of raiders fan radio and and so 
should you, you will be able to as well. We're going to have a microphone set up. So for those of you that are in attendance, we want to talk to you. We want to get you on the show. So uh, I know Mojo's coming and Aaron and Q-Dog Raider and a handful of the other made men are going to be there. And uh, so we're going to hear uh, from everybody live. We're going to shake hands, man. It's going to be a lot of fun. Uh, look forward to seeing you all there. So uh, we have a Facebook page set up for that. Just check out Raiders Fan Radio on Facebook. You'll see our events page there. Tell us that you're coming. There's more than 20 of you now that are going to be there for sure. So we're not going to be alone. It's not going to be just me and Mosh staring at each other. Uh, this will be going to be great to, to get to see uh, those of you uh, that are, that are going to show up for that. So uh, in terms of the Raiders draft, again, uh, you're going to have to uh, to check us back out on the podcast and listen to the, my conversation with Scott Winter, which is great. In fact, I'll play that right now. And we get into the draft heavy, and we're going to continue to keep getting into the draft as we get closer and closer uh so without further ado uh let's go ahead and hear our interview with scott winter all right raider nation next up here in murph's fan cave we'd like to welcome good friend of the show one of the oldest friends of the show a buddy of ours that has made a fantastic career so far out of a oakland raiders and of soon to be las vegas raiders a broadcaster and reporter uh he's been a part of numerous publications over the years and we're going to ask him about what he's been up to uh, most recently you can always find him though on twitter at scott underscore winter nfl welcome back to raiders fan radio scott winter scott how are you oh man i'm doing fantastic thanks for having me on the show i love i love this podcast i love uh love you guys and you know it, it, it's it's just a pleasure to be here awesome man well, well we appreciate you scott you know we uh we we kind of knew you back when right and now uh you've gone on to this fantastic career and tell us uh what you've been up to most recently well i've had to dial it back you know uh things didn't work out the way i wanted them to but you know uh, in, in Vegas, but you know, you, you move on, <laughs> you go back and you get a job that pays the bills and on the side, <laughs> what I've been doing. Yeah. Right. On the side. I, I mean, I still keep up with everything on the side. I've been doing now uh, a podcast with, uh, SB nation. Uh, it's, it's part of the silver and black pride podcasting network, uh, at Raiders podcast, um, is the, uh, is the whole group of us and ours with uh, uh, my good buddy, Nick Hamilton, uh, who's a, uh, a radio host in Los Angeles. Uh, we do s- silver and black turf and we're on uh, roughly weekly. We, were, we haven't got our schedule down, you know, 100 right now, but we're, it's usually around it's weekly. Okay, good deal. Well, that's that's cool, man. So that's so you're out on all podcast services. People can find you just by searching silver and black turf. Well, they can they can do that, or or they can find all of our group the group of podcasts under the Silver and Black Pride uh, banner, which is at Raiders Podcasts. Okay, at Raiders Raiders with an S Podcasts with an S. Excellent. So they can find all of us there. Yeah, yeah. All right, good deal. Well, uh, so what do you think about the podcast game so far, Scott? I'll tell you. You know, I've done you know a couple podcasts. I would have loved to have done a podcast with you, but things weren't weren't copacetic where I was at. I think that the readers fans and not only just the fans, I mean, you got podcasts from, from Scott bear, you got podcasts from the athletic and, and, and Victor fur, the Raiders are doing their own podcast. And so I think the Raiders actually have one of the best podcasting networks of good podcasts. I mean, not, I'm not just talking about 
man, man, man. But there are some really good <laughs> one out there. Of course, you guys, obviously, you know, uh, uh, and I want to name drop, you know, others. But I'll tell you, you guys are fantastic. You know, we're 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 building up one, <clears throat> and uh, there's just so much information that the Raiders fans can get, and you can talk Raiders almost 24 seven by listening to the podcast and then talking and reaching out to these folks in their email and Twitter. That's awesome. I, I agree and appreciate the kind words first and foremost. And yeah, that's, um, there is a, the podcasting community of, of Raider nation is, is pretty cool. And, uh, we've gotten to meet a lot of folks over the years and, uh, and, and a lot of them become real good friends of ours and it's, it's been great. And, uh, and includes folks like you, Scott. And, and like I mentioned, you've, you've been uh, a part of our show for a long, long time. And so we appreciate always, uh, your time and your insight, uh, onto things that, you know, Scott, and, and you know, I'm a, a return to compliments. You you know, the things that that you've reported on, one of the reasons that we really gravitated towards your reporting early on was that you were never agenda driven. You were always accuracy driven. And I think that's something that gets missed a lot in today's reporting nowadays. And I'm not going to call anybody specifically, but we all know who the, the hot takers are out there. But you've always driven towards, you know, what is the reality? What is the actuality of the situation? And uh, all the way up until this week, Scott, when the Raiders announced that they're going to go back to Oakland and they're going to be there for one or two more years. So kind of give us the most recent and, and, and what you were what you were hip to for uh, for this week's news. Well, you know, there's a lot of stuff going on behind the scenes. <clears throat> it looks like they're down to the wire. They're in Oakland. They're 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 really in the fine uh, the fine teeth moments at the moment, crossing the eyes, dotting the t's. Really, really close to a deal. Um, I think uh, 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 Scott McKibben said that they wouldn't have gotten this far if they weren't going to dance or they weren't going to get married for another season. And of course, when we, when they say that there's going to be option for, for 2020, that's in case let's, let's just say a meteor hits or, or, you know, an earthquake (laughs) hits. So, you know, I mean, a plane crashes into the, into the, into the stadium construction because right now the construction's on time. It's not any, anybody who says it isn't is, is peddling an agenda. Because it's on time. I mean, I would say if it was behind, I would say it. I, I, I've got no dog in that hunt as far as I'm concerned. I, you know, I was born in Oakland. I, I would have loved for the Raiders to have stayed in Oakland. Um, we had this conversation a long time ago. But, uh, you know, I'm, I'm excited for Las Vegas. I'm excited for the stadium. So they're going to have to play another year in Oakland, it looks like. Uh, and, and like I said, uh, and I've said on, on other things, and I'm on our, on our own show, this is there's more because the Oakland sued the NFL and not the Raiders. The NFL is kind of involved in this process and the Raiders would have preferred if they were going to stay in the Bay Area, they'd have preferred to be over at uh, uh, over at the Giants ballpark, honestly. But that didn't work out because uh, some ruffle uh, feathers got ruffled. Uh, you know, Jed York decided to play his only Trump card and they couldn't make a deal that was worth everybody's wild. So back to Oakland they go so hopefully they'll they'll get it done and then hopefully Lucy won't pull the ball away when Charlie Brown goes to kick it and 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 Oakland or Alameda doesn't veto it like they did the last lease tell me so you, you mentioned about Jed York and something that that I don't know maybe it's just me but I think it's kind of well it is ironic it's funny to me 
that the Niners are getting sued by Oakland too because the, the lawsuit from the state of Oakland that's uh, levied against the Raiders is against the Raiders and the NFL. So essentially the Niners enabled the city of Oakland to get paid by the Raiders to sue the Niners, right? By, in a roundabout way. Am I am I off there or am I reading into that right? They didn't, isn't it kind of they cut off their nose despite their face in this thing? Well, in, in this situation, they... <laughs> I, you know, um, when we're talking about Jed, Jed York, yeah, I, <laughs> I don't really the, have a lot of nice okay. things to say. Yeah, about I'm so with I don't you. Wanna, you know, I'm not that guy <laughs> that just likes to throw shade at an owner because, uh, you know, but I look at I look at how Jed York handled the Harbaugh situation. I look at Jed York anytime you take a look at the what they did to Santa Clara. They sued as part of their contract through arbitration and got $30 million back from the, from, you know, the city of Santa Clara because, you know, they've overpaid on taxes. Uh, they, they sued to have their rent adjusted and all of this was in the contract. So, I mean, I don't, I, I mean, I, I don't, I mean, they're, they're, they're within their legal rights, but boy, they really use every letter of their, of the law to their advantage regardless of how it looks or how it's interpreted. And in this situation, uh, they probably felt like they wanted X amount of dollars and they were going to get that or they didn't mind paying, you know, uh, their 132 of whatever's going towards that rent. And I, I, I it just, it, it baffles me. Uh, it really does. But, you know, hey, it just, San, that's San Francisco for you. Or, well, Santa Clara. Santa Clara, yeah. I just, it's, <laughs> it feels like, you know, they're going to have – you know, they, they, they have these, they're basically invoked their rights to the fan base, just like the Giants did to the A's once upon a time. But they're going to have this fan base forever, it, a year from now. Like, once right. the Raiders are gone, they're gone. So, I don't know, it was just, it seemed to me like it was petty, but what else, you know, I know you want to badmouth them, and I, and I won't either, but it just seems like, this seems like there's bigger fish to fry than than that, but whatever. It it is what it is. So the Raiders are going to stay. So that's good news for us all. So we get, we get to see the Raiders in Oakland for one last year, uh, hopefully to a little bit more success uh, than we did in 2018. So Scott, tell us a little bit about what we got to look forward to first and foremost. Uh, we got free agency coming before the draft. Ooh. So let's start yeah. with that. What do you what do you think? Uh, some maybe high profile targets are either by player or even by position. John Gruden came out last week, I, I believe it was, and and talked about how they're 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 looking for young players, uh, and of course those young players come at a premium, so they're not willing, they're averse. Not I I don't say never say never, but they're averse to paying, you know, the Lawrences or the Clownies or or something of that nature. Which of course, you know, that would be you know you would love to have a Clowny, you'd love to have Lawrence, of course. Dallas is going to keep him and more than likely Houston is going to keep, uh, uh, you know, uh, Clowney and, uh, Frank, uh, is going to, you know, is going to stay in, in, in Seattle. And <clears throat> for me, I went through that list and I tried to find what John Gruden was talking about. The diamonds in the rough, the young players who, um, who they could use that won't be at a premium but also are young and, and, you know, they might be able to get a value there and, and get more value if they, if they bring them in. So my first guy would be Humphreys from Tampa Bay, uh, gritty, uh, slot 
receiver, uh, something that they wanted in Ryan Switzer. Nick White could, couldn't quite get uh, uh, Switzer for. He's that guy. He showed last year that with a with a with a quarterback throw the ball, he had no problem getting open. Very shifty, very gritty player. Uh, he's a poor man's Edelman, but he's a rich man's. Uh, um, oh shooting! He's on free agency too. Cole Beasley. He's a rich man's Cole Beasley. So okay. I can see them charge uh, trying for something like that. You're going to get a really good deal on him. He's young, you know, and you address you address a, a position of need on the team. That's that's one. Another one. I'm not going to get into all of them because I've got my own podcast. <laughs> so I'm going to give, give you a, some. Give a tease, guy. Give a tease. There you go. The uh, the other one I would I, I think the Raiders are going to really look at uh, is Dante Fowler. I mean, that, you know, you got, you got yeah. your you got your high price guys, but Fowler's not going to command the money. He's young, but he's not going to command the money that the clown is going to command that that the orange is going to command because the only time he showed up and he did he show up was in the playoffs in the regular season he wasn't he didn't quite mesh um and 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 it's kind of tough for the defense a defensive guy to come in and you know just just flip the switch uh you know it's, he's not Khalil Mack but uh i he has that ability uh, he has a really high ceiling. I mean, this is a guy who was taken fourth overall. He had the injury with Jacksonville. Things didn't quite work out in Jacksonville. He's still young. I could see them getting a guy. I can get Fowler for for on on the low low side and getting in and looking at that diamond in the rough. They could get him for say seven eight million dollars. And you're talking about and it, when when edge players are making premium edge players are making anywhere from fifteen to twenty million. You know, you look at the value there. If you get him for around eight, seven, eight, nine, right in that area, I think, I think you can turn him into that. You know, and you front load the contract because they have all the money this year. That's great. That's a that's that's I I'm with you, Scott, and that's a great play. That's great insight there. So I'm with you. I believe the Raiders are going to go to the you know not the you know the uber uh, you know high profile guys that are that are out there, but there are some some flashy names and and, and defense and especially offense is that is the talk about Le'Veon Bell and Antonio Brown is that just talk because it's talk because they are the high profile guys or is there any merit to any of that at all is there any truth that the Raiders could be a player uh for those two guys yeah and again here's where I take my fan hat off because a lot of people understand how I feel about Antonio Brown Antonio Brown to me it that's a real that is a real difficult choice to make first off you're talking about a guy who's going to probably walk into the hall of fame so there's a pro i mean the guy can catch the ball he gets open uh i mean he has deceptive speed the guy is and i from what i've seen the guy is a 510 jerry rice you know he has done everything you know with a prolific uh quarterback he's, he's he gets open but then last year was the year that he just couldn't take it anymore you know, him and him and Ben got went. you know, finally, he'd finally had enough of Ben Roethlisberger, basically. And he, he, you know, walked out of a practice and that ended up being, you know, based on their regulations. If you miss that practice, you can't suit up that, that, you know, and it was the last game of the season. And, 
<clears throat> when he found out he wasn't going to suit up, he left at halftime. I, for me, that is a really tough situation as a as a fan. Like, oh my god, we're going to get a guy like that. You know, you because you, you remember, you're like, oh my god, are we, are we drafting? Are we going to go after Randy Moss? Or uh, you know, are we going to get a Warren Sapp? I mean, these are guys that basically came to the Raiders and took a paycheck, and then all of a sudden, you know, played better when they left. Not Sapp, but uh, Moss did. Just fifty sure. touchdown, blah, blah, for Tom Brady and all that. I really believe the Raiders are going to be in that sweepstakes, and they're going to wait until draft day for it. Wow. Well, I, I, he's such an electrifying player. There's no doubt. Yeah. I mean, he's 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 probably the best wide receiver in football, or at least in this very short short list. And and you know, at 31 years old, he's going to have at least four or five years of high level production left in him. Mm-hmm. So I, I'm I'm with you, Scott. But it so I think that the ultimate answer to the quest to my question is, and maybe maybe you have it, is this more Brown or is this more? Roethlisberger is he not as much of a diva as maybe portrayed and like you said he just had enough of a of of Roethlisberger and Roethlisberger's the jerk in this scenario well here's uh, here's something and I've really been really been because my first reaction was you know you don't want this guy on your team but I have to look at it from the Raiders point of view now who did the Raiders spend a third round pick that they invented last year on Matavis Bryant right Who's going to tell him what that locker room was like? Oh, Martavis good Bryant. Point. Good Martavis point. Bryant had the same problems, right? Right. They brought in Martavis Bryant. Now, Martavis Bryant had his own issues, but he didn't have issues with the Raiders. The Raiders loved him. You know what I'm saying? The Raiders right. loved Martavis Bryant. He came to work. He did his job. Yeah, he had the one, you know, uh, you know, dropped touchdown that should have been just, oh, my God. You know, we want to throw up when we see that, and, you know. <laughs> <laughs> but, but, you know, and, and of course he has his own demons and, you know, we we talk about the the substance issues, you know, the alcohol, blah, blah, blah. But, you know, they liked him. They liked his work ethic. And if, if he gets off that list, eventually, you know, one day, hopefully he stays sober, the Raiders will be interested in re-signing him. They actually will. They, it, there's, they, there's no animosity there whatsoever. They really liked him. John Gruden really liked him. So, if they've got some kind of inside information that says this is more Roethlisberger, because unless you're in the Pittsburgh locker room, you don't know, you, you, you know, you're, you're, it's a, he said, she said, but you've got, you got a guy that had no dog in the hunt, you know, Hey, what, what's going on in that locker room? What's going on here, here? Oh, well, this is the problem. This is the problem. Well, what do you think? Brown was justified. Well, you know, maybe you set the expectations. I think John Gruden and Mike Mayock, they look at they look at Antonio Brown and they say, you know what? If we set the expectation with him, and he knows coming in that okay, look, whatever happened in Pittsburgh happened in Pittsburgh. We're going to stay in Pittsburgh, but here's how the rules are in Oakland and then Las Vegas. It's going to be like this, like this. You have a problem, you come see me. We deal with it. And Derek Carr is the anti Ben Roethlisberger when it comes to being the alpha male out there. Now I'm not saying that Carr is a beta male. He just has a different way of going about it. You know, it, it, he's more of a, uh, you know, he's a more of a positive reinforcer as opposed to a negative reinforcer kind of guy. Gosh, Scott, that's this is why I love your reporting, man, because this is the kind of insight 
that you provide. And that's, that's an amazing uh, observation that, yeah, of course the Raiders are going to have an insight in the locker room through Martavis Bryant. And I, I mean, I never pieced that together and I, I I'll think a lot of people did either. And then also, so considering that fact, if you want to build on that, well, what did John Gruden have a window into over the past 10 years? And that was every locker room and at least in production meetings in the yeah. NFL. So he's going to know who he knows Ben Roethlisberger just as well as any other broadcaster would. So he's going to know what it, and he's not going to come out and, and actively, you know, uh, discuss that, but he's going to know behind closed doors what, what Ben's like. And so, yeah, you're, you're right. So I, I think now as a fan, if, if the Raiders do make a push for Antonio Brown, heck, if they're comfortable with it, then we certainly ought to be as well. That's Scott. That's great stuff. So uh, go ahead. Anything, any last, last well, thoughts and, on that? And, well, now, and, and the, the other caveat was again, last week, late last week, John Gruden said, we're going to take some of that money, that cap money, and we're going to keep it to go into the draft with just in case there's some right. trades to be made. Yeah. So, you know, to me, I, I'm, I don't see it just that. I think, oh, my God, I'll, I'll tell you this. You, and I've said this before, so this is nothing new, but it'll be new on your show. I think, and you saw what last year was like, and I predicted last year was going to be a whirlwind. It was going to be the most active draft that the Raiders have seen, you know, in forever. As far as moving up, moving around, trading for players, I see the Raiders, and and, and people, you know, are so black and white they forget about the gray. How about they're going to trade? I see things like they're going to trade. Let's say if they traded for Antonio Brown, let's just say I see them trading a pick for Antonio Brown and getting a lower pick back too. I see them doing those kind of deals where they get, you know, they they might not get. You know, they're going to get that extra pick. I see things like that. I see them also possibly trading somebody that they already have for picks. You know, I think there's going to be players moving all over the place because, you know, the Raiders have so many needs and the draft. Now, don't get me wrong. The top, the, the, the first round of the draft, there's amazing players to be had there. But this year is one of those years where 30 through 100 there is a real sweet spot of players. And usually that third round, you you have a big fall off. You know, you have a big drop off where any pick in the third round, you're lucky if you have a 50-50 chance of them being on the team in five years. This year, there's so much quality at running back and at wide receiver, so much depth that there's not much of a fall off there. You might, and as also for, for offensive linemen, this is a big thick offensive lineman draft where you might be able to get some good offensive linemen and the Raiders need that, you know, in the third round as well. The fourth round, of course, you, the fourth round is going to be for those positions going to be the third round, you know, in years past. Also, you're looking at some stud linebackers, you know, Ooh, I, I just, mm, I just see the Raiders. It would really surprise me. It would mildly surprise me if the Raiders didn't move one of those picks out of the first and pick up second round or third round picks with that. Absolutely. At least one of those picks. I'm, you know, there's so many options on the table, and of course, free agency is going to inform what they do in the draft. Uh, I'm with you. I think those lower round uh, picks are definitely on the on the board to move around. And the and Mayock and Gruden have have both said so. And I don't think there's any reason for us to not believe that. Now, 
as far as that fourth pick goes, do you do you think the Raiders expend that there, and or do they stay home at four? And if so, uh, who's a couple names that that you you think are likely? Of course, everyone in Raider Nation is locked in on edge rusher. So I'm asking your crystal ball it a little bit because if we sign Frank Clark, well, then maybe you don't go edge rusher with number four. But but what what do you think? What are some early thoughts at least? I mean, you make a good point there. If if if, if like a Frank Clark doesn't get tagged or something like that, and and. Uh... But I, I doubt that. I, I don't think a high uh, a prolific edge rusher is coming out of free agency. I, I think your best bet would be like a Fowler. And you're still having to draft somebody if you take Fowler because Fowler's a work in progress. He's he's almost there. But I would still want to take somebody. That might take some pressure off number four because there are a lot of people uh, that you can take in this draft that, that can get after the quarterback later in the first round or early in the second round. So if you wanted to if you wanted to go after a guy like white, the, the linebacker, right? Um, yeah. Everybody's just looking at the uh-huh. linebacker and this is the one year Reggie's no longer there. The philosophy of taking that linebacker and, and, and that's a Ron Wolf esque thing. You don't take linebackers and running backs in the first round because of their values. Not there. They have to be so far above everybody else for you to take that position like a Bo Jackson. They have to be a generational player at that position for you to take that pick because they're, they take too many hits. And, you know, that, again, that's Ron Wolf mentality. Reggie followed it to a T. This year could be different. They could take that linebacker. They, you know, they might say, you know what? We can take that linebacker. Well, if they take that linebacker, taking him at four, I just, mm, I, I think he moved back. Uh, but then again, you have to have a dance partner to move back too, right? Well, uh, and that's where I think that maybe it's a little smoke and mirrors or even a poker game. Uh, yeah. that, you know, they're talking about Kyler Murray. They're talking about, you know, you know, because then if you get somebody that even if there's a hint that the Raiders might take a quarterback that high, then someone's going to want to leap up there and grab him. Uh, and, and then, like you said, then they trade back, they trade back to, and I don't know what the other, all the teams behind the Raiders, but if you draft, you drop back to the, within the first 15, you could still grab Montez sweat or somebody like that to yeah. rush the pass. And I, I, I'm with you, man. I, I think that that's a very, very strong possibility again and that's all assuming that you know look Bosa is going to be off the board Josh Allen's probably going to be off the board and those are your two generational pass rushers right when and so you know if they can drop back and pull Devin White or what absolutely I, I'm, I'm with you Scott yeah I mean and you're looking at I know a lot of guys you know say if Quentin Williams is there you, you take him <clears throat> I, I get the mentality it's a BPA move and he would absolutely be the best guy to take there but the Raiders have Mo Hurst. Yes. They have Eddie Vanderdose. They have Justin Jelly Ellie. And they have. Um, and PJ uh, Hall. They just put PJ a second Hall round thing, pick sorry. into him. Like, I, I'm and, with you. Like, everybody talking about all these these big guys. And granted, those those guys like Quinn and Williams is very versatile player. But yeah. are we going to really draft interior linemen, defensive linemen? Like, we got much greater needs than that with the young guys, right? Right. See, I mean, you would look at that and, and they'll justify that. You've got four guys, all right. You got four guys there. One guy under contract, you know, made you know a resign. You got, you know, two year two players and a year three player. All of them, you know, uh, uh, four through four or higher picks. <laughs> I mean, you know, except for Mo. Mo was Mo was taking the fifth, but come on, let's face it. You know, he's the diamond in the rough that yeah. they got, the yeah. treasure. You're going to draft another guy at that position, but then you say you make the same argument about offensive tackle, which yeah. 
hold on, which the Raiders have no depth there. No. Let's say, let's say Parker and Miller end up being Hall of Fame tackles. That's fantastic. You got nobody behind him. You got Penn, and I, I love Penn. I, I've I've hung out with Penn. The guy is amazing to hang out with. By the way, he is a lot of fun. But you know, he's collecting Social Security out there, and 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 still <laughs> one of the best damn right. Ta- hey, he's one of the best tackles in the game. But he's long in the tooth. You know what I'm saying? So, what happened when he went down? You know, we're talking fifty sacks. That's the elephant in the room. Oh, yeah, fifty sacks. All right. So, are you telling me? that they're one it's okay to draft Williams at four, but it ain't okay to draft an offensive tackle with say 24, 27 or 35. I don't get it. Where's your, where's your need at? I mean, you got four interior guys here, but I really want that guy. But you know, you got Colton Miller and Brandon Parker and either one of them could be shaky. I'm not saying it's a panic move either because you still need depth. You know, if you bring a guy in, you want him to compete with that job. You want him to put fire to Colt Miller. You want to put fire to Brandon Parker. I think Colt Miller is going to be fine. He was fantastic until he took the knee, you know, and, yeah, um, yeah. you know, the arrow to the knee, the old Skyrim thing. Oh, that, was, that was a great tackle till I took an arrow to the knee. Well, you know, he was fantastic till he took till he had the knee injury. Brandon Parker had never played right tackle in his entire career, ever. Not in high school, not, not in peewee football, ever. So, and he was thrown into that position and he had to learn on the job. And it was a very, you know, the NFL is a very, very fickle mistress. If you don't know the game, I mean, it will tear you apart. And it did. It tore Brandon Parker up, but give him another year to, to get it down. I think he's going to be a lot better, but you cannot guarantee that he will be. I, like I said, I think you're going to bring in a guy that's going to push him there and also be, He's going to be your, your, your backup. And if you end up with three stud tackles, oh, is that a bad thing? Really? Yeah. You know? You know, and, and, you, and cause you're right, you know, car needs to be protected and really regardless mm-hmm. of who your quarterback is, nobody you does well, him. you got to protect them. So that translates over And I, I'm with you. I, I think that that's on, that's definitely in the mix a lot more so than what people are looking at. Cause it, you know, when you look at the, the way that, that the teams are constructed and you know, it's, it's nice to focus on the superstars and it's nice to consider these guys, but if you don't have it in the trenches and especially offensively, it doesn't matter what, you know, you can have the best, you can have Antonio Brown all day long, but if your quarterback can't stay off of his rear end to throw him the football, then what does it matter? So any other surprises that you can, again, I don't want you to give away everything here, but any other big surprises you expect to see us uh, in the first round? Well, okay. You and Reggie McKenzie and, and a lot of people are going to, you know, poo-poo him on this, but I don't. Reggie McKenzie invested into the offensive line. In 2016, it paid off. It looked Freighter Nation was thinking Super Bowl all the way. The, you know, uh, MV, uh, MVP for Carr, the whole nine yards. And then Christmas, we we, we got coal. The, the Grinch stole Christmas, <laughs> you know, in the form of a cold. Then 2017, took off out of the gate, man, looking fantastic. Uh, Carr's not worried about his injury, blah, blah, blah. Everything's great, and then Washington happens. And then everything went downhill from there. And that line has not been the same since. And it was invested in. So I believe Reggie McKenzie made the right choice investing in the line. But now that that line has not performed to it, you have a Kalechia simile, and I like the I like the kid. He's a, he's a fantastic guy, personally. But is he has he earned his paycheck? since 2016 
No, he hasn't. And the Raiders are real interesting about this. I have a feeling, I have a hunch that they're going to ask him to take a pay cut. I mean, right now he's, he's no money on the cap. He's his cap. His cap weight is done. No dead money. You can pay him $9 million, $10 million to underperform again. Or are you going to say, look, buddy, look at your last two years. Yeah, you were injured a little bit here and there, but you haven't performed your expectation. We want you to take a pay cut. They asked Marshawn Lynch to take a pay cut last year. He took a $500,000 pay cut, changed some numbers on uh, the non, you know, on, on incentives. They asked Michael Crabtree to take a pay cut last year as well. He decided to test free agency. So they cut him. Have a nice day. You don't want to take a pay cut? Have a nice day. They did it. Uh, they, they did it with Mark Marquette King. Asked him to take a pay cut. He decided no. Boom. Cut ties. I don't see any reason why they're not going to have that conversation with Clutch Assembly. So the difference is Kelechi Assembly has trade value, a lot of trade value, I believe, you know, because of, because of his numbers before the situation. So you might be able to get a third round for, guy for him. Um, so I would, I'm going to, with the combine, uh-huh. the combine, here's the beautiful thing about the combine being this week is all the GMs get together. And if you've ever been to the, you were there, you're there in a mobile, all the yeah. GMs are there, yeah. all the GMs are there. And all they're ta- all they're doing is talking shop, man. They talk shop. What It's like a it's like going to an auction, you know. And they're talking. What do you think about this? What do you think about this? They're going to have lunch together. That's what they do at the combine again. They're wanting to make deals. But you know, I mean, what happened after at, after Mobile, Baltimore and Denver make a deal on Flacco. That's how that works. Yeah. So you know, like they talk. Well, and you know, there's uh, guards. There, there were some good guards in the in the Senior Bowl. Uh, Lindstrom out of Boston College, in particular, who I just I was totally impressed with watching that guy uh, play. Not only in his, in his in his practices, but in the game. I mean, talk about a road grader. Well, that's a guy that you can you can pull late in the first round, probably even in the second round. So if you do trade Osemele, you get a third form. You draft the you draft Lindstrom, and now all of a sudden you got it. You know, instead of ten million dollars on the books, you got you know a few hundred thousand or 500 whatever it is whatever the rookie wage scale is for a late first early second but that's all that and then that leaves you a bunch of money to go sign you know uh an antonio brown or whatever so i'm with you scott i did see that's 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 great stuff man it's and, and you know and i like kalechi too and i think that that raider Nate, he's one of our our favorites and he's and he, speaking of road graders like he's a he's a monster but Man, just a tough year this uh, this last year. Just last really two shows. years. Yeah, you take a look at his PFF numbers. Twenty sixteen, almost his max career. Twenty seventeen and twenty eighteen are his worst two years. <clears throat> you know, so you know, and, and and it's a stair step down. So, and then you also have John Feliciano. Or you know, you've got an option there at least for the next couple of weeks. You have an option there if you decide to move on Kalechi. If you decide to, I'm not saying that you're going to, I'm just saying that the options on the table, you have to think like the Raiders do. If you have to move on from Kelechi, Kelechi says, no, I'm not going to take a, I'm not going to take a, a pay cut. You know, I'm not going to rework my contract. Okay, fine. Hey, hey, Mongo, we'll give you uh, $7 million, you know, or six million. What is he worth? We don't even know what he's worth yet. They're finding out at the combine. Hey, you know. You know, what do you think you what do you think you buy Mongo for? You know, if you just you know, if he, he comes out, well, man, we'd give him like six million or something. They talk shop and they try to learn that kind of stuff. If they if there if there's a good price on Feliciano, the Raiders might decide to move on with a simile 
keep Feliciano, use that draft pick to draft your young guard as your backup because now you don't have a backup all a backup guard. You got a guy that's a rookie that you you don't have to worry about because you got Feliciano in there. See, and you got Jackson on the other side. Right. You got Hudson, you know, then you can you can train him to also be your backup center and stuff like that, just in case. So I mean, I, I see those kind of moves on the offensive line. I see an offensive guard being taken. I see an offensive tackle being taken. And I see him being taken in that first hundred picks. Um, but to, but to do that, I feel like the Raiders have to generate more hundred you know first hundred picks. They have that trade and uh, they have the trade ammunition. They have the draft capital to do so. I see it happening. I, I just see them getting more picks in that sweet spot to get those guys and still be able to get somebody that's a wide receiver to still be able to go after that coveted <laughs> wide receiver to maybe get grab that that running back. They might might not you know. Who knows? They might bring back, you know, CJ, you know, for all we know uh, on, on a deal. Who knows? CJ blew it up in the damn, um, you know, with the Rams during the, during the uh, playoff. Oh, run. He, got, he got crushed. He got crushed in the, uh, in the Super Bowl. but dang, you know, I mean, and he's, and he's a Bay area native. He loved, man. The first thing he did when he came to the Raiders, he was only on a practice squad for a day, but he was like, go Raiders. Yeah, buddy. I'm home. Raider yeah. nation. Yeah. And this is a guy who came from Denver and I was like, damn, that's yeah, awesome. Great. You want to see that kind of stuff, you know? He's great. So, I mean, the Raiders, knows? I, you know, running back's going to be fun. That's one of the, the few positions where it looks like we're going to have a lot of options, and a lot of those options are great options. Like Martin played well at the end of the year, but he's looking to, forward to seeing Marshawn come back. Chris Warren the third looks pretty little, little great in preseason last year. Looks like he could be a you know a Derrick Henry type back. Uh, Josh Jacobs yeah. is going to be around for the Raiders to draft. Like there's going to be a a lot of excitement around that position. Like and then you mentioned uh, people like C.J. Anderson for them to bring back. So. Uh, so Scott, okay. So let me ask you. Let's let's uh, let's look into the crystal ball a little bit uh, before <laughs> before we let you go. I got a few more for you. So Scott, uh, thank you again for joining us. And Scott, uh, as you can hear, Raider Nation is a great Raiders reporter, and also he's a Raiders fan. He started off uh, as a fan of this team, and he's got a passion for the football team. So so we we can you know he's going to have a Raider bias, but still uh, only because he loves the team, just like just like we do here at at Raiders Fan Radio. So let, so when I ask you these questions, Scott, I know that. You're going to lean towards your fandom a little bit, but I still uh, let, let's get your let's get your take on a couple of these things. All right. So first off, when the Raiders take the field for the first time in 2020 as the Las Vegas Raiders, who is the starting quarterback? Oh, wow. I believe it will be Derek Carr, but I can't guarantee that it's going to be Derek <laughs> Carr. OK, look, I, I believe that if you give him the weapons and, and, and you protect him. He's, he's your guy. He's going to be just fine in John Gruden's system. Um, that's, that's, that's not just, that's not the fan in me. That's just, uh, you know, they have, a, they have a better relationship. Him and him and Gruden have a better relationship. A lot of people realize, and he came on strong towards the end of the year. Uh, if he hadn't have done that, if you hadn't have saw that improvement, uh, yeah, he had a great letdown in, in, uh, in Kansas city, but he always lets down in Kansas city. So that's something he's got to fix. But, uh, I believe it will be Derek Carr. I, I do believe it will be Derek Carr. But if he has, I, I believe that this is his prove it year too, though. If you get him the tools, if you go out and you get, say, a Humphreys, you get an, you get Antonio Brown, you still have um, 
you know, uh, oh my goodness, my head's exploding, going to explode. You still have your guys that are on the team now, and you pick up a tight end. That's another thing we got to address as a tight end. Yeah. I don't see Cook's going to be an issue. I don't see that. I don't see him coming back. I think he's going to make too much money. So you're going to give him a tight end that can catch the ball and an offensive line. You rebuild that. And if the Raiders don't come in eight and eight or, or better next year, he might be looking at you know, going after quarterback. Well, he, he, Derek Carr would still be the quarterback in 2020. And, and you would have an understudy though, that that was drafted in the first round. I believe you, you led into my next question, which is one, I was going to ask you, will the Raiders have a winning season, but more importantly, do they win a playoff game as the Oakland Raiders ever again? Man, that would be awesome. I, I, I would have to say that it's odds against, you never know, but it's odds against. I mean, I, I think a, a good, record for this team would be eight and eight uh for what they're going to do but for them to go better than that in my opinion they're going to have to hit they're going to have to knock it out of the park in the draft and they're going to have to knock it out of the park in free agency the people that they resign the deals that they make i believe that there's a good young core on this team that started to believe in itself especially on defense you you take a look at like the bill polian ideology on this and it, and it rings true pretty well to for the most part every free agent on defense that you put on the team equals a loss that's you know if you bring four free agents on defense that's minus four they're going to win 12 and four or they're you know minus four what their projections are because it's harder to pick up the defense bringing in a defensive player than it is right, an offensive right. guy so it's an interesting concept but uh it, that might be different these days i don't think defense plays as much during the regular season as it used to because everything is so geared to the offense. But this team needs to shore up the defense. It doesn't have to be the best defense in the world. It really doesn't. I mean, Kansas City went to the AFC Championship with the worst, one of the worst defenses in the league. Seriously, they were horrible. How they compensated for that, kind of like the Raiders in 2016. Raiders in 2016 had a statistically horrible defense, except – they were plus 15 on turnovers. Oh, they could, they got they got the ball back and they got key stops. So there was another statistic. They didn't give up any points in the last two minutes of any game. That's a big deal. That's how that's how Derek Carr gets that clutch, you know, Castro clutch award because the defense is holding that team when they gave them the ball back. When they gave the ball back to Carolina, Khalil Mack made a sack. Yeah. When they gave the ball back to to the Ravens, um, <laughs> Nelson made a made a play. <laughs> Okay, Nelson drilled that guy and forked down. Um, you know, against uh, against the Saints, they forced a they forced a fifty three yard field goal that they missed. These are the things that people forget about, but they held. You know, in 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 that crucial moment, they held. So you don't have to have a statistically awesome defense. You take a look at the Patriots, man. Patriots defense wasn't great at all, but they were great in the Super Bowl. <laughs> You know, that's one of the things we were talking about on last week's show about, about Carr is that, you know, he's not the kind of player, he's a great leader, but as far as a player goes, he's not the guy that's going to go out there and elevate everybody else around him into, you know, into greatness. He's not Tom Brady, he's not Drew Brees, he's not that type of a player. But the, the thing is, is that you don't have to have that player to win a championship and to compete in the postseason, like what you just said, that there are some players that do that, but there are most of the players in the NFL that play quarterback are Matt Stafford. Like, and so what you do is that you build around that and you have 
have to have pieces offensively and defensively to complement whatever your quarterback is. And, you know, he's an above average quarterback. He's not an elite Hall of Famer, you know, a walking, at least not this point in his career. Maybe he will be one day. Uh, and, and I certainly hope that he turns into that. But as of right now, that's not, but that's not what you, you don't have to have that though, do you? No, I mean, it, it, is he better than Nick Foles? Let's say, I mean, let's be real. What did Nick Foles have to, to, to get that team to the Super Bowl? Nick Foles had some really good receivers. He had a really good offensive line, especially at the key points, you know, uh, uh, at the bookends. Yeah, and a he defense a, that balled out. You oh, know, you, a, a defense that was great. And, and when they won the Super Bowl, they had two stud running backs. I mean, those guys were yeah, chop, chopping off 10 yards, of, 10 yards of carry. Clemens, Clemens and, and, and Ajay were just eating up, eating up the, 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 the Patriots this year around. They didn't have that running game. And even still Nick Foles still had the protection and he was still able to, you know, put them in a position to win, um, you know, b- barring Athlon, Ashlon Jeffries right through the hands, you know, uh, yeah. at the end of the, at the end of the game against the saints in new England, uh, new Orleans, but um, their defense, again, they had a they had a defense that was good enough uh, in that situation. If the Raiders have a defense that's good enough that can that can get stops. I mean, that's really all you're looking for: get stops or get the ball back. Please get stops, get the ball back. If you can do that, you know, I don't care if they run the uh, you know if, if you lose in the field field position battle, so what? You're gonna if you can get that lucky you know turnover or you can get a good stop and get the ball back. But the the offense needs to not sputter and the car has been sputtering since week three (laughs) of 2017 they need to really you know i want to see a game like the browns game every week for the raiders i feel like they can do that and especially if they put uh the right pieces on that team you know and antonio brown (laughs) you know without thinking about the baggage and i understand like i said everybody knows how i feel about people who quit on their team. It, it really is one of those things. I was a Marine. You, you just don't do that. But, mm, you know, it, it, you, if I, I, that's without knowing what's going on in that locker room, just on the outside. Right. But you still look at, you know, would you want Jerry Rice on this team? Well, we wanted him when he was 36. We were like, yeah, Jerry <laughs> Rice. Oh my God. Bro, Jerry Rice. We're going to the Super Bowl. And we did. I say that from a fan point of view, from a from a from a reporter point of view. The Raiders went to the Super Bowl. I don't say we. I really don't. Oh, it's a big deal, man. It's like if you're if you're reporting, you say we. All of the other people look like you just farted. <laughs> it's just like they just look at you like he dropped a stinker. So you know, I when I'm out there tweeting, I don't say we. But when I'm a fan, I go we. Yeah, we. Uh, hey, we are fans yeah. on this show, man. So there you are, a home when it comes to that. So let me uh, before we let you go, Scott. Appreciate your time today, and uh, we had a fun question that came up also on last week's show, and I put out a a, a poll on our Facebook page, and uh, Uncle Mosh and I got into a, to a discussion about the most iconic number in Raiders history and to me at the time it was always 12 but then when we started talking about it it's only was only 12 to me just because I'm such a stable honk and then of course Gannon with his MVP season and going to the Super Bowl and everything I just I always thought of 12 but really it after talking it through a little bit it came down to 24 or 32 uh, but there, we've gotten some other submissions as well. Uh, Jim Otto at, at double zero. Double zero. Seventy. It's double zero. 
Okay, well, I was going to ask you what yours was, so that's it. So you think double I mean, zero. don't get me wrong. Don't get me wrong. 24, as far as if you take a look at the amount of studs who've worn 24, 24 is amazing. I mean, Willie Brown. Um, I mean, I just like top of my head, Willie Brown, Woodson, and 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 now. And Marshawn. Um, Marshawn. And, you know. and Fred Williamson. Fred the and Hammer Fred, back well, in the I, day. I mean, yeah. you know, it, it's a very strong number. 32 is strong only because of Marcus Allen, you know, 34, Bo Jackson. Well, Tatum, uh, Tatum was the other one at 32. Well, 32, he wore 32. Yeah. Tatum, you know, you, you, Bo Jackson, 34, Gannon and Dabler at, uh, at 12 or my favorite Cole Jacoby Ford. Cause like, no, I'm just kidding. <laughs> I have that Jersey lights out. I'm just so bad. I spent so much money after that Kansas city game. Like, Oh, he's going to be awesome. Because my real good friend's a Clemson fan. He goes, oh, he's going to be great. I'm like, oh, yeah, I'm going to buy the jersey. Okay, he sucks now. (laughs) So, you know, I mean, good guy, but, you know. He flashed. But but honestly, double uh, double zero is so iconic because nobody can be it anymore. It's Jim Otto, and that's it. I mean, you know, maybe the younger generation doesn't see that, but I'm a, you know, Stabler's my guy. Stabler is my Raider. Stabler is the reason I'm I'm a Raiders fan. You know, he was my Raider. I, I, you say, who's your favorite Raider? Ken Stabler comes right out of my mouth before I see anything else. But the most iconic number to me is, is double lock because you can't do it anymore. You can't have it. You know, it's the same with that. With uh, God, I want to say, uh, oh, who was it that wore it for the other person that's double lot um, with with Houston, the Oilers. He had double lot and they can't wear, you know, and he was a prolific receiver during the 70s with with that that great team that they had but uh you know i think of the double lot you can't because you can't you can't wear it no more and I, that's a hard one to argue that's a that's a and you know the, and you can make a case for a lot of them oh yeah 75 was a good one because that's john vela and howie long like you know mm-hmm. what i mean like there was uh, 83 was hendrix and uh, ben davidson 16 yeah. is blanda and plunkett like you can yeah. go you, you know what i mean like you can find some really good ones but it's hard to argue the fact that, look, no one else is ever going to wear uh, double zero again. And because of the way that it just the whole, you know, nomenclature of it, of it being Otto and Jim Otto, like and, Jim Otto. Yeah. And, and, and that was Al's guy. That was the other thing, oh, too, is yeah. that to Al Davis, the guy that invented the freaking Raiders, no one personified the Raiders more than Jim Otto. So I'm like, eh, that's that's hard to argue. That's that's great stuff, Scott. Well, good deal. Well, hey, well, listen, man, I, I can't tell you how much I appreciate uh, you joining us again and appreciate the conversation. And uh, you've been such a great friend to us over the years. And and uh, you coming to the draft? You're going to be here in Nashville? Or? That's the plan. I, you know, I had to make a decision whether I was going to go to the NFL owners meeting or the draft. And I think I'm moving towards the draft. Uh, I really did want to get out to the owners meeting because it's going to be in uh, uh, Arizona again. And there's not. Other than the breakfast with John Gruden, which was awesome, by the way, 80 minutes. I get 80 minutes with Gruden right across the table from me wow. last year. Was, wow. Oh, it was fantastic. But other than that, there's not a lot on the agenda. I guess, that, you know, they'll they'll ratify the Oakland deal, blah, blah, blah. There's really not anything stadium related because last year, you know, signing off on the stadium deal. And I was in Las Vegas the next morning for them to sign off on it and, you know, got the pictures there this year. I think it's going to be really fun to be at that draft in Nashville. I, I I was in Alameda last year for the draft. That was a really cool, that was a really cool thing. I'm telling you what, these guys, you know, you, you, you got, you, you got Vic Tafer and Vic Tafer, you know, has such great sources and you're sitting in a room with, you know, with, with Josh and, and Scotty and Vic and, and, and Paul and Matt, 
you know, you have so many people and they had, all of them had little insights. It was really cool. And it was such, and, and with the draft being so energetic, I mean, it was, it was awesome. I mean, it was, those, it was great to be around those guys and, and girls, you know, and the ladies. And this year I'm going to be more with fans and, you know, and, and you guys like you, I love, I can't wait to hang out with you guys. So I think it's going to be the draft this year. Awesome. Long story short. Well, I was just going to say, short. you definitely got to, uh, I don't want to put you on the spot, but if, if you got time on Saturday around lunchtime, come join us. We'll get you on the show live, man. That'd be great. Oh yeah. You know, you know, I won't turn you down. Okay. I mean, I, I won't ever. I mean, if 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 I'm there, I'm gonna be there. I'll I won't turn you down. I'll be sweet, there. Sweet, sweet. You know we'll, how it works. We'll do, awesome. Well, we're gonna be all around the draft Thursday and Friday, and then Saturday we're gonna do our listener yeah. meetup, and we're gonna do a live episode of Raiders Fan Radio. And just like we got to meet you uh, in person uh, a couple years ago, uh, week one. Let's uh, let's yeah. do it again at the draft, Scott. That'd be that'd be yeah, great. Yeah, and we won that game too. That was awesome. I know. That's yeah. when everything was wonderful. Yeah, <laughs> we won that game. <laughs> Not only did not only that, but I mean, it was the beginning of a 2017 was going to be the year we, the Raiders finally pushed through and man, we'll go out there and we beat a, a team that goes to the playoffs that year and beats I mean, Kansas you know, city in and the playoffs. Kansas city in the playoffs. Or of course that's not saying much, I but know. Uh, <laughs> man, you know, you know the, like the, thinking the back to that, that game, we're talking, we're talking about the Titans game. Uh, uh and, and, yeah. you know, Scott was there and it was a beautiful spring day and, and, or, or fall anyways, it but it was, gorgeous. it was it gorgeous was nice. outside. Yeah, and Amari, can you remember in that, that first drive, Amari Cooper caught that ball in like the five yard line and like drove, oh, like yeah. drove like two or three guys into the end zone. Like we were like, Oh my gosh, this is amazing. This is going to be it. Boy, that was a long time ago. Wasn't it, Scott? <laughs> yeah. And we saw like, like I saw Moro make that, you know, make that big stop on, um, on Murray. You know, uh, get down there, you know, and force another field goal. You you looked at uh, uh, the 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 little you know Tavecchio uh, broke yeah. the r- record kicking field goals, fifty yard field goals. You know, it was a great day for him. Um, of course, then I saw remember the Amari Cooper drop of the ball, you know, at the end zone, <laughs> <laughs> but it didn't hurt us. You know, it didn't hurt the Raiders. And I remember being up in the. Uh, I learned so much about the Titans and how they were like, because when I went to lunch with these guys before the, the, the game started, I sat down with, with, with a guy that been with the Titans organization since they've been in Nashville. I mean, I got the scoop on Jeff Fisher, Steve McNair, Bud Adams, how everything rolled around. It was awesome. I mean, if I would have been a Titans fan, I'd have been like, Oh, Wow. Well, I mean, you know, the power struggles and all of that. And this guy was right in the middle of it, you know? And I'm like, I'll throw a caveat out if, if nobody's heard this before. Steve McNair, if you're a Titans fan, if you ever wanted to know why Jeff Fisher went to the Super Bowl, then sucked ever since. It's because Steve McNair had more power than Jeff Fisher. And Steve McNair, you can go back, and I've actually done this. You go back to YouTube, look at some of the plays. Steve McNair would pretend that the radio was out when he didn't like a play. Oh. And yeah, he would, he would pretend like he, he would go, blah, blah, blah. And anytime Jeff Fisher would go to Bud Adams and say, you know, I can't do this with, with, with Nair. But Adams would go, he's going, I mean, you're going before he does. <laughs> so, oh, okay. Well, 
McNair was pretty much the offensive coordinator of that team going, you know, on the field. And it was really kind of cool. And it gives you more respect for what McNair was as a quarterback. Cause I, 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 you know, he was one of, he's a great quarterback and whatnot, but that's just a Titans thing. It was like, what? You got, got I was like, really? He's like, yeah. Cause we were talking about Jeff Fisher and how bad he's look at, look at the, you know, how bad he's done since well he's done bad because you know as soon as mcnair was gone he got control he won out he won bud adams over over the president the gm and so you saw white check go he got rid of all the great players and just tanked the team but he got all of his guys in there and they were bad <laughs> like, oh <my> God. <laughs> these are the things you learn i'm sure when you went to mobile and you got a chance to be around and you hear things you oh. hear things. Yeah. You hear yeah. stories. Uh-huh. You hear stories. And you're like, oh my God, I can't believe I heard that. Did really? That was I one mean, of my, my biggest takeaways of the event was just lingering in the lobby because I was by mm-hmm. myself. So I didn't have like a, I mean, we had our spot on radio row, but outside of that, I didn't have like a home base or like somebody to like, you know, so I just kind of wandered around and yeah. And I would just, you know, I would, I would listen to the, to the scouts, you know, interview drew Locke. And talk, and they were like, and they were scripting plays on like notebook paper. Like he would, you know, they would, you know, they would give him a scenario and be like, okay, now draw that out. Just like you see in that, in Gruden's old quarterback camp show where he would, you know, he would give the quarterbacks a scenario and then have them go up to the board and diagram and all that. They were doing that like right there in the lobby. And I was like, it was fascinating to me. Yeah. I was just kind of lingering around, like you said, and just listening, listening to Drew Rosenhaus talk to John Lynch and listen to the, this, it was just, it really was, it was, that was to me was the most you know and especially for somebody who is like i said you know i've said numerous times i'm just a fan man and so for me to be in that environment where it's like a bunch of media people a bunch of scouts a bunch of players and a bunch of coaches and general managers i mean which one of these is not like the other well it was me you know what i mean yeah. so it was like everything yeah. was fascinating to me because it was a complete insight into that world that i've been a fan of since i could you know since i knew it was a thing so yeah i'm with you scott that's the that was the best part of it was just sitting back and, and taking it all in and and listening to those conversations absolutely yeah it's it's a whole different side of things and then you're you're like as a fan i'm like this but then this is what they said Ooh. Oh, this different. What I told you know, like I didn't know they were talking about. Now, now instead of taking a look at things on the surface, you don't anymore. You just you're like, I mean, the, the Raiders in this situation, you don't in the in finding a home, you know, for this season. You're like, well, on paper it looks really bad. Of course, I, it, you know, the, the Raiders are going to come out with egg on their face regardless. But now you know from being you hear all these people talk in the background and blah, blah, blah. You're like, man, there is so much more going on to this. And there is just, Oh, absolutely. Like yeah. what? And you I know, mean, and, you know and, and I've always, yeah. and you know, I always suspected that, you know, that we, it's a crafted message, whatever we get as fans, you know, there's so much that goes on within the walls of Alameda that we're, we're never exposed to. And we shouldn't be just like with any company. And then let's face it, the NFL is a privately run organization and business, just like with any company, they're not going to let you know what happens in their boardroom and they have meetings and whatnot. Not all that stuff comes out. And the only reason that the, the salary information and all that stuff comes out is because it has to be public in order to be uh, public facing to make everything a level playing field in terms of the the old days when there was a gambling aspect and all that so that's the only reason that this stuff is 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 public record otherwise they're going to keep under wraps as much as they possibly can until they absolutely have to to reveal it so i always kind of knew that um but then when you get 
behind those closed doors and really and there were closed doors behind the closed doors so there's yeah. even sections of that stuff that yep. even being credentialed and things that i i couldn't get to but just that first level in that first thing it, it, you're right it did it, it opens your eyes tremendously to it and uh you know I, I'm, I'm looking forward to doing it again i can't wait to get back back to it and, and you're right i, I feel like the for the first time it was because it was overwhelming and it was, I was just overstimulated the whole time. I feel like next time, like now that I can kind of, now I'll be able to absorb a little bit more of it and not just be like blinded by the idea that I'm, you know, hanging around with these people that I normally just see on TV all the time. Yeah. And, and, you know, and it tempers, you're still going to be a fan. You're always going to be a fan. You know, we had this conversation a long time ago. I'm a fan. We're fans for fans for fans. And then you see all that and you're like, oh, crap. <laughs> There's a little bit difference to it. Oh, yeah. You can't unsee it, though. You can't. There's so much of this. You start seeing it. You can't unsee it. And, you know, and, and I love you guys. And I love that your fan attitude. And, you know, this is Raider fan, you know, radio. And, and. But then you get, if you get into that, you're like, oh, I don't see things like it as a fan anymore. You know, it, just, <laughs> it takes it away. It takes that, the awe, you know, it's like looking at behind the curtain and there's, there's the wizard, you know, and it's just the guy from Kansas. <laughs> <You know? laughs> well, that was, what was so, you know, I, 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 one more thing on that. You know, I sat yeah. down with Alexa Stabler and I had a chance to interview her. Uh, uh, we, we've interviewed her before and, and we got to do one in person at the, at the senior bowl. And she was so nice. And I, after our interview, we ended up talking for like another 15, 20 minutes there uh, when the mics weren't on. And, and basically she was just kind of asking me about what I thought and, 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 and everything. And, and, and I said, you know, I, I told her a, a similar thing, like what I just told you, I said, you know, I feel like a little bit of a fish out of water that, you know, here are, you know, amongst all these, these people that I, uh, you know, that I, I look up to and as a, as a fan and I see on TV and whatnot, and she says, you know, you're, you're not a fish out of water. She goes, you're here. You belong here. You worked hard to, to get where you're at. And, and right. we're, these are all, everybody's just human beings. They're just, everyone's just kind of, and she really kind of like, it was, it was such a nice thing for her to say, cause it kind of elevated me a little bit. And then it kind of regulated that look it was just you know this is just football business this is it it's just you know what i mean like i'm in corporate boardrooms for my day job all the time well that's all this is it's just corporate yeah. boardrooms for football yep. it's just a different yep. business that's all the thing is so when hearing her say that it really kind of like i said it, i don't know it just made me kind of rationalize it in my brain a little bit better because because you, you're right scott it is you know once you kind of get an insight to it um it, it it takes on a little bit uh different of a meaning and so anyways but all that said that's one of the reasons that we we still scott and, and i'll brag on you forever we appreciate your reporting you know you never lost sight of of where you where you came from and despite all the different uh, amazing opportunities that you've created for yourself and we appreciate your raider fandom appreciate your raider reporting and uh man i look forward to, to having you back on again uh, on raiders fan radio soon my friend well, you know, I'll be on anytime you ask me, as long as, you know, I'm not working or something, you know, I mean, as long as, as long as I can, I will, because you guys, and, and if, for those who don't know, if you guys haven't listened to the show for a long time, this was the first podcast that I was yeah. on. Now, I mean, you know, I had been on uh, will to win, you know, for their, their little, their little YouTube thing, which was fantastic, but you guys were the first to pull me onto a podcast and, I, I I'll never forget that that you guys you know I, I I wasn't somebody that was I was still Carolina Raider fan back then <laughs> <laughs> yeah. 
you know. And, but but uh, hey, but you you were yeah. on point though, you know. And, and that's one of the things yeah, about well, you, Scott, is that you know, you know, despite just being a great Raider fan and being fun to talk to and all that, your accuracy and your reporting has always been top notch, all the way from back then to it is to today. And so I hope Raider Nation recognizes that and supports your uh, your new stuff that you got going on with uh, with Silver and Black Turf. And and you never know. I think I'm I'm pretty sure i'm going to get back to writing and i'm pretty sure it's going to be with with somebody with a brand that's really cool and uh i can't i i can't wait to do that again too so awesome. yeah awesome right. well, good deal my friend well hey well we'll see you at the draft man we'll see you here just a couple of months uh yep. i'll be i'll be in touch and let you know all the details of where we're going to be at and what times and all that good stuff but i look forward to seeing you down there and uh and having you uh, join us live excellent And for those of you on the YouTube, you're going to have to go check that out later. In the meantime, it is time now for my favorite segment, both of our favorite favorite segments here on the show, and that is the Sea Fans Mailbag. As soon as I can find Uncle Mosh's button, here it is. There he is, fading, looking, looking, looking. He's under the gun. He's tied, he's thrown. It is. All right. Appreciate you all joining us live here on the YouTubes. If you ever want to check us out live, it's uh, youtube.com slash Murph's Fan Cave. Uh, and definitely jump in and join us in the chat. Uh, some uh, uh, great talk in there tonight. Appreciate you all doing that. And Mojo Raider, Aaron the Q-Dog Raider, Running Bear, Patch, Bobby Wasabi. Uh, who else is in there? Uh, Juan Herrera is in there. I uh, can't scroll up, but I appreciate all of you uh, joining us, as always, uh, for a live episode of, uh, of Raiders Fan Radio. All right, so see you, fans mailbag uh all you got to do is uh call 909-345-3346 that's 909-345-3346 excuse me and uh leave us a message and uh we'll play your message on the show and if you leave a message and we play your message three times uh then you become what we call a made man so if you want to get made uh call that number and uh and leave us a message and we'll 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 play that again three times and and do uh and we'll uh denote you made man and we do have one of those tonight uh but before we get to that uh, there's a made man of the made men we call him the capo and he is Aaron the Q Dog Raider and you know Aaron Aaron often shouts out somebody that's uh, an, an indirect, we'll call it, part of our show. And that is uh, my little uh, mini visage. Let me see if I let me get him here. Uh, for those in the YouTube crowd there, there it is. Uh, that is that is Lil Murph. And uh, he was made by Monster Mash Ken, a good friend of the show, Monster Mash Ken, uh, made this Lil Murph. And, and uh, you know, Lil Murph has a, uh, has a pull string. And, uh, you know, he'll, he'll make noise when you, when you, when you activate him. And so, uh, you know, Capo Aaron shouts him out every once in a while. And, uh, little Murph's got something back for you, Capo. <laughs> oh, hi, I'm little Murph here. At Raiders fan radio. If you call the show three time, I said one, two, three time and get your message played. We will call you a made man. Every crew needs a capo and the made man of our made men is Aaron the Q-Dog Raider.
Greetings, Aaron. Keep all ready to come to you once again from the east side. Murph, Moff, Sonny. <laughs> that little Murph, I swear to God, he's a genius. Love him, man. But anyway, let's go ahead and talk about what's going on this past week. You know, you hear all the time um, by these pundits talking about the dumpster fire that is the Oakland Raiders. And congratulations for the Oakland Raiders um, tying down the Oakland Alameda Coliseum once again in order to make that their home for 2019. But, you know, what's going on with the Steelers? Let's talk about them for a while. Since I'm living up here in the belly of the beast in Steeler country, um, they let Lev Bell walk for virtually nothing. Yet we catch hell because he who uh, shall not be named uh, was traded for multiple first-round draft picks for the Chicago Bears. I mean, I just don't see the equity in that whole proposition. I mean, they got to come correct. And not to mention, I mean, what's going on with uh, Antonio Brown? I mean, you talk about distraction. This guy is the quintessential distraction, yet we have none of that on the Raiders. Everybody that could have possibly been a distraction, and what's up, Crab? Um, they got shit. They got dealt. They got dealt with because, you know what? We are now a disciplined organization, and the seeds were sown uh, whenever Reggie and uh, our, our wonderful owner, the new Mr. Davis, uh, Mr. Davis 2.0, took the helm. But now I want to turn and make a hard shift to uh, the Patriots. Let's talk about the Patriots and all of their scandals. You talk about America's team since 2001, but they've had deflate gate. We all know what happened with that. They've had deception whenever um, uh, a week prior to deflate gate, um, way back whenever they were playing in the playoffs against the Ravens, and they had all of those questionable and shady and quick and ill-timed uh, substitutions in order to keep the Ravens off balance before they advanced to the AFC Championship game against the Colts for Deflategate. Then you had Spygate, where they were repeatedly, from 2002 to 2007, uh, continue to videotape um, all of the walkthroughs for their opponents, especially in the playoffs and in the regular season, and only a slap on the wrist to Belichick, for five hundred thousand um, dollars, then they had the snowplow game back in nineteen eighty two, where uh, they allowed a, a furloughed convict to come out there, with a little bitty John Deere tractor with a brush guard, and brush off the spot in a snow driven game in order for the game winning field goal to be had. And Joshua, the coach, called that. Uh, what did he say? Uh, let me make sure that I've got this quote. He called it the most unfair act ever, and the game was three to nothing. Um, Aaron Hernandez. A former patron who had multiple scrapes with the least substance abuse policy, but they allowed this clown to keep on coming to the facility, attend team events, even though he was suspended from game play. And then he was allowed to come to the team facilities and work out up to the day to where he was taken away in handcuffs for uh, the murder of um, Odin Lloyd. Then you got the obscure mascot solicitation. I'll get more to solicitation here at the end of the call. Mascot Robert Sormanti back in December 2009 was arrested in Rhode Island for prostitution solicitation. Then you got um, the cheerleader Swastika Gate. Yeah, very unheard of, but I'm going to go ahead and bring it to light now. In November 2008, a Patriots uh, cheerleader uh, by the name of Caitlin Davis drew swastikas on a drunken friend. And whenever it came to light, since this uh, went viral back there in 2008, uh, Robert Kraft, who's a member of the Anti-Defamation League, quickly fired this young lady. Then you got Brady Bolts. Brady left his pregnant girlfriend back in 2007. As a matter of fact, February 19, 2007, right after Valentine's Day, for his current wife, Giselle Bunchen. Then you got the tuck rule. We already know about what's up with that. Enough said. And then finally, we've got Tuggate. Patriots owner this past week, Robert Kraft, a billionaire, was busted in a strip mall receiving uh, certain favors in a prostitution and uh, 
human trafficking ring down there at the strip mall in Florida. I mean, come on, man. You're a billionaire. You got to pay for it. I mean, this guy obviously has no game. I mean, he didn't get busted in a brothel. He didn't get busted in a hotel. This man got busted in a strip mall rubbing tug. And you mean to tell me, I mean, there's no class. So anybody that wants to cast shade, you know what I'm saying, cast aspersions on our beloved Raider organization, they need to fall back because, I mean, teams that are holier than thou, they need to, you know what I'm saying, step off the scene with all of their BS. That's all I got for this week. This goes out to the made men. Uh, the hit list, of course, uh, our punter, he can stay on it. Rue. <laughs> Great call, uh, as always, Aaron. Appreciate the call from the Capo. He's Aaron, the Q-Dog Raider. Uh, we always feature his call first here uh, on Raiders Fan Radio. So, you know, I love it. I was just thinking, I don't know why it just rang with me this week, but, you know, you, you've had, uh, Aaron's had the, the punter on his hit list for a little while now, Johnny Townsend. And, you know, it was like we had Marquette King, who's on my hit list for a while. And it's like, our poor punters, man. And ever since Leckler left, our punters cannot get off the hit list, man. We need, you know, we screwed up. We should have drafted J.K. Scott, who is Alexis Stabler's client uh, from Alabama. We should have drafted him, and uh, and and he could have been our punter, and then we we, we would have been fine. This would all have had a had a nice, uh, you know, uh, poetic ring to it. Uh, but instead, we're stuck with, uh, with with Johnny Townsend. But man, I'm I'm with you on that too. You know, it's just another. You know, we get a lot of crap, man, and and we have for a long time, and you know, all the way back from, you know, of course, when you're when you don't win, you're an easy target. You know, it's easy to point fingers at the Raiders. It's easy to pick on the Raiders. It was easy to call Al the Crypt Keeper and to say he was out of touch and make fun of Mark's haircut and blah 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 blah. It's easy to do all that stuff when you when you don't win. It's harder because the you know to make fun of the Patriots because it's easy for us because we're Raider fans. But it's harder because they rattle off championships. So despite all this crazy dysfunction, it almost like it gets lost in it. Because you're right, Q Dog. I mean, there's tons of controversy around this team, but they're able to just brush it off. And well, that's and that's actually I hate to give them any kudos here, but that's a testament to the organization that they are able to brush it off that these things don't fester and turn into the quote distraction that we hear so much talk about you know when you look at the way that uh, any of the dysfunction that happened when pittsburgh i mean you look at the way that all this has turned out for that team versus the way that things like this would have happened in new england where they do just shake it off and move on but as far as like holding them to a different standard than us i agree with you and the only reason why is because we don't win you know so i, I think that and I hope that uh, that problem will take care of itself as the Raiders start to run off uh, some wins and we return to respectability this year. So I uh, appreciate Q-Dog Raider as always. And next up, we're going to go to we're going to go to an email. Uh, uh, also in the Sea of Fans mailbag, we accept your emails. Send them to us at show at RaidersFanRadio.com and, uh, and we will read your emails on the air, especially for those of you that are, are international listeners uh, like uh, Paul, our buddy in um, uh, Shropshire, what we call Mississippi. He's actually in Shropshire, England, but it's west of Birmingham. So it's like, haha, right? So it's good. So we call, so west of Birmingham is Mississippi here in the state. So, so we call, so he calls it Shropshire, Mississippi, which is good. Uh, anyway, so he, Paul says, good evening, my friends. Hope all is well on your side of the pond. Probably the most important draft in recent Raiders history is almost here. I agree. Uh, I've listened to wise folks like yourselves. I don't know about that. Uh, and Mikey uh, and watched some excellent videos that Watts Raider uh, definitely uh, is wise as Raiders put together. And I have my short list of who I would like us to pick. I'm looking forward now to this weekend's combine to take a closer look. I am too. Paul, the combine is one of my favorite 
uh, events. It's one of the best to nap to. Aside from the Masters and regular season baseball, you can get a killer nap watching the watching the combine. Um, and then when you wake up, you just rewind it. Uh, okay. Uh, however, as important as the draft is, I firmly believe that free agency and who we decide to retain could be more important. I agree. Uh, for example, I'd like to keep Jared cook, but if they choose not to, it changes the dynamic of things. Same with beast mode. It's a tough job for Gruden and Mayock to get everything they want at the first time of asking. So we may need to be patient for a while. Exciting. though, isn't it? Uh, yes, it absolutely is. This is probably the most crucial off season we've had as Raider nation. I don't know since I don't know when, I mean, I, I'm trying to think back probably since the last time Gruden was around, uh, you know, those years that, that we signed a lot of those premier free agents like Rod Woodson and Charlie Garner and Jerry Rice. And then since those, that era and those signings, I mean, this is probably because this is what we do now is going to define us for the next five years. At a minimum, right? I mean, aside from what maybe the Jamarcus year when we drafted a quarterback first overall, that was pretty defining. So I, uh, but I, I, you know, aside and that really the ramifications of that lasted how long? Five years. So I think that that that's definitely a great point, Paul, and that this is the most significant off season, not only just the draft but in free agency that the Raiders are going to have. And I dig the way that Gruden is approaching it. You know, from all his reports are saying that, look, I'm not in this for 35-year-old stop gaps. I want guys that are 26, hungry, and in the middle of their prime. You know, so so that's really good. But anyways, continue on with Paul's email. Uh, we're staying in Oakland. Yeah, baby, I'm really thrilled uh, by this because the loyal Bay Area faithful will now get to say goodbye, and our farewell, farewell can be planned in advance. Absolutely. Uh, I know there's still a few hoops to jump through, but it's looking like it's a done deal. Nine home games left, uh, and then we'll have home field advantage throughout the playoffs. I hope you're right. Uh, a few things to finish on. I haven't yet paid a lot of attention to the Alliance League, but when I get around to it, I guess I'll be watching the Birmingham Iron. There you go, right on. Absolutely. We'll, we'll be there uh, on Sunday. Uh, being an adopted son of Mississippi, it makes sense is that they're just off to the east, and silver and black makes it an easy decision. Uh, yeah, the color scheme is killer. Uh, Houston Raider Steve's question from last week about Elway or Manning. Uh, now, I know we don't want to labor this point. We won't. Uh, but uh, anyone who does have any interest should always take into account the fact that Elway had the added distraction of filming Mr. Ed as well as playing on the weekends. <laughs> well done, Paul. Well done. Finally, Robert Kraft. Many things have made me giggle about the story. Me too. I've been giggling. That's out of anything. This craft story just makes me giggle because of everything Q dog said. And I'm sure what you're getting ready to tell us. Uh, the best I saw on Twitter was, uh, with the thirty-two, with the thirty-second pick in the in season's NFL draft, the New England Patriots select Lusty Lucy's Massage Emporium. Jeez. <laughs> that was pretty funny. All right, thanks as ever, guys. Love you, Raider Nation. Regards, Paul Edgerton, Shropshire, Mississippi, proud made man and one-time winner of the Raiders Fan Radio Sizzler. He gives his bona fides there at the end. I like that. Put that on your resume, Paul. Yeah, absolutely. Well, uh, made man and uh, and winner of the uh, of the Sizzler Award. Great job. So, so speaking of Sizzler, for those of you that don't know what the Sizzler is, Sizzler, 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 Sizzler. 
So the Sizzler is the award that we give to the best call or email uh, of the week. And uh, Paul won it last week with his email, with his fantastic email. Uh, Paul sends us a lot of fantastic emails, but last week got the attention of the one and only Uncle Mosh, and he was awarded the Sizzler. So uh, we're going to listen to our, our calls for this week. And, and uh, this is the first time I've done this. I'll be picking the Sizzler. So uh, this ought to be interesting. First up, let's go to our buddy Alex in Tucson, Arizona. Uncle Mosh, Murph, this is Alex Sandoval from Tucson, Arizona. Calling in today, I have a, I have three questions and I want to get started on. I want to discuss the future of the Raiders at the quarterback position. Before I go on, I'd like to say that I think Derek Carr is a good man on and off the field. He has a great heartfelt story on his journey to the NFL, and I think he does represent the Raiders well. And these next these next statements and questions are purely for my, a, evalu- my evaluation of, of Derek Carr. I'm trying to leave my feelings out of it, um, and it's really hard because I do like Derek Carr, but here goes. I'm labeling Derek Carr as a mediocre quarterback at this point. I don't think that he's reached his full potential. Can I go over the, the comparison between 2016 and 2018 season? Obviously, the records are different. We, ha- we went 12-3 and that, uh, that year. This year, we went 4-12. and Completion rate is, is pretty even. Attempts are pretty even. Interceptions... We had six in 2016, 10 this year. Um, the biggest difference, I would say, would be the touchdowns. I don't feel like Derek Carr has the weapons that we had then, and he's definitely been sacked more, um, almost triple the amount of times, or I think more than triple the amount of times. Um, with 51 sacks this year, 16 men. Um, we've only had one winning season in the past five years. You know, for as good as Derek Carr is, that, that's really, really crazy. Our record is 32 and 46. Uh, the first question I want to ask you, is this his fault? Is this the coach's fault? Is this his team's fault? Or is it a mix of those three? Question number two, realistically, do you think that Derek Carr is set up for success in 2019? Question number three, at what point do the Raiders need to put their feelings aside and move on from Derek Carr? Should he not perform in 2019? Hope to hear some feedback about this. Um, have a good day. and. Look forward to hearing from the show. Thanks. Bye. All right, Alex. Appreciate the phone call as usual. That was um, Alex had a little bit in a, a mix-up of his call. So if a little bit of that sounds familiar uh, to you from the things that he asked about last week, then that, that's the reason why. Um, but there's a couple of new, newer things in there, newer points that he had. Uh, first off, well, during his call, I, I chuckled. It wasn't at him. It was at Ron in the chat because he said he thinks Robert Kraft went in and ordered the Sizzler. 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 <laughs> That's pretty funny, Ron. All right. So, uh, but in terms of Alex's call, you know, uh, whose fault is it? Uh, yeah, I think that you hit it on the nose and, you know, football's the ultimate team sport for a reason. You know what I mean? It's, it's, uh, yeah, you're dependent on the, on the man next to you to do his job as he is dependent on you to do yours. And it's a collective effort between 22, uh, players. It's not, this is not basketball. It's not baseball. It's not, you know, obviously none of the individual sports, but you can't because of the dynamics of the sport, you can't, it doesn't matter if you're the greatest player at your position in the history of an organization you cannot single-handedly do anything on your own and frankly Carr is not that guy to do that anyways but he doesn't have to be and I think that's the big takeaway uh, for me with Derek Carr and something that I've really realized in these these past really the past years that you know he's not gonna be a hall of famer at least not at this point should he turn into that one day I hope so I'm rooting for him and I hope that I want all 
53 players on our football team to be hall of famers. Like I want that for all the Raiders, not just for Carr. Um, you know, but, but you don't have to have a hall of fame quarterback to win a super bowl. You, you know, it, you need to have a good quarterback. You need to have an above average quarterback. I think there's only been a handful of occasions in the history of the league where a bad quarterback has been to the super bowl, you know, Rex Grossman, uh, Trent Dilfer. Um, you know I mean? You can think of there's, a, there's been a handful of guys like that that clearly went for other reasons that the, the 2000 Ravens weren't Trent Dilfer leading them to the, to a, to a charge to win this, to win the game. Right. Not even John Gruden's Buccaneers. It was the defense. It had nothing, very little anyways to do with, with Brad Johnson. It was all freaking Derek Brooks and John Lynch. Right. That's why they won the game. So they're only a really just a very small few examples, same thing. And then go back to that bears example with Grossman, uh, very few examples of teams, winning it or even competing in the Super Bowl like that. But there are more than just recent history where you have, you know, uh with Tom Brady dominating the charts there in terms of Super Bowl wins and and appearances. But aside from that, you look at the history of the league, it's not like the elite of the elite, the greatest of the greatest winning championships. Now there are definitely occasions of that with, you know, guys like Montana winning four and whatnot. But when you think about the majority, it's guys like Ben Roethlisberger. It's guys like Kenny Stabler, right? It's look guys like Eli Manning. Like it's guys that are, they're better than average. Like they're not the greatest of the great. Now granted guy like Stabler is a hall of famer and deservedly so, but the majority of the makeup of quarterbacks, they're not all elite they're flacco right so they're good enough and so i think that's what we have in car and that's where i'm gonna land on him until otherwise last thing about uh about your call there uh in terms of the pieces around him as of today no i mean the only piece he has is who jared cook and look are we gonna pay him i don't know but it doesn't look good right now so you're talking about the most reliable uh pass catcher that the raiders have on offense and we're getting ready to let him walk so what do we do? Do we draft DK Metcalf? Do we make a move for Antonio Brown? Do we, you know, like what, like let's do that stuff. Do we draft one of the, uh, the Iowa uh, tight ends? You know, all of a sudden you add in just those three examples. That's a completely different dynamic on offense. Mayock has already said he loves Chris Warren Jr. The third. I think he could be a Derrick Henry type running back. Well, now all of a sudden you got weapons around him. Now all of a sudden you got three or four options for a guy like Derek Carr. What if they draft Josh Jacobs out of Alabama? Now all of a sudden we have this crazy depth at running back. Then everything is not pointed back towards Derek Carr all the time. And at that point, if then he still looks average or less than average and still makes weird decisions and throws picks in the end zone and the balls that go up for grab at that point then that's when i think you finally sign off on them and say all right time to time to go elsewhere time for us to draft or make a move for for another player all right uh i'm long-winded enough let's hear from our buddy steve in california hey uncle mosh hey Murph. this is steve from california uh just checking in with you guys i wanted to know your opinion on josh jacob um Remember watching the national championship game, and he looked like one of the most explosive athletes on the whole entire field, other than the Clemson receivers. Uh, I know the Raiders need a running back. I've been a lifelong Raider fan, and uh, you know, with beef mode up in the air, I would just like to know what you guys' opinion on Josh Jacobs. Like I said, he looks super athletic. He looks extremely fast, and I think that maybe Alabama could have won that game if they would have continued to give him the ball, uh, you know, control the tempo and the pace, keep him off the field. Well, thank you, guys. You guys have a great afternoon. Uh, Raider Nation forever for life. Win, lose, or tie, it's Raiders till I die. Thank you. 
Have a good one. All right. Awesome job, Stephen, California. Appreciate you calling the show. Um, you know, so in terms of running back, and he, he kind of touched on it there, you know, first off, I want to see Marshawn back. I, I love Marshawn Lynch. I think everything about Marshawn, there's nothing to not like about Marshawn. You know, the only thing he ever did that crossed me up was that thing with Marcus Peters when he came into kind of essentially his defense and, you know, he came off and, and, and kind of broke up and, and um, took a Chiefs side. That was that was funky. I didn't I didn't like that. Uh, you know, my my tune on that one has not changed. In fact, I was frankly pretty pissed and and uh, disillusioned with Marshawn in that moment. But aside from that, everything he's ever done in a Raider uniform, on and off the field, has been amazingly respectable. And I thought it was an absolute shame that he never got a chance to say goodbye to the Oakland fan, much in the way like what Charles Woodson did, that that famous send-off, uh, you know, that just one time I need it, and everybody chanted Raiders, and he threw up the O, and all, like, that was an amazing scene. Marshawn absolutely deserves that moment, and I think we're going to get that. Oh, thankfully. That's, honestly, that's probably one of my most favorite things about the Raiders coming back to Oakland, aside from the idea that, you know, maybe even as fans, we get to go back and do all that. But to see that finally play out, better more than just him lighting the torch which was cool but to see him do it on the field that's going to be amazing so that said you know can he carry the workload can he and i I don't know was he gonna be 34 i mean you know 33 whatever it's getting pretty up there for for uh for running back and only handfuls of guys like frank gore have gone on into their their early to mid 30s and still been as equally as productive so i like chris warren man i think that he's a a real diamond in the rough as i mentioned i think he could be a derrick henry type back uh, some of you in the chat are talking about his weight and that's been a big uh thing that's come out well here's what i say about his weight i say he's a big derrick henry type back because he's like six three Playing weight is 253 pounds, all right? Well, he's reportedly ballooned, and I'm doing it in finger quotes for those of you listening, ballooned up to 270. Look, when you're 253 and 6'3", look, I'm 6'3", about 215, 220 in my fighting weight, all right? If I go up to 235, did I balloon up? Not really. I mean, yeah, I'm bigger, but I'm not fat i didn't i didn't like i'm not not playing shape you know what i mean so for a guy and look and he's in a billion times better shape than a chucklehead on a podcast would ever be you know the guy's made of muscle practically so i mean so when you add 17 pounds to a guy like that it's this is not a big deal that's that's weight that will melt off of him uh within the first couple of weeks of camp if he even reports it that way and remember this too the guy we don't know what kind of surgery he had so he's not working out, he, not at least not in the way that he would be accustomed to. So look, he can put on, it's, look, back in the old days, especially, you know, today's NFL becomes a story. In the old days, you ever seen a picture of Kenny Stabler in the offseason or any of these guys, like what they look like in the offseason? They all got fat. They all got fat. And so, but you know, nowadays there's an off-season conditioning programs and whatnot, and their weights are, are monitored constantly. But this is not Jamarcus Russell. Okay, this is not your quarterback coming in 30 pounds overweight and they literally look fat in their uniform. That's not what this is. So the guy's got an extra few pounds on him. I think he's going to be great. And I'm looking forward uh, to, to Chris Warren, the third man. He's going to be, I think he's going to be great. I'm, you know, I'm, not, I'm not saying he's a walking Hall of Famer yet, but if, if, if he can be that kind of a power back like Derrick Henry, man. I mean, when was the last time we had a power back? Bo? I mean, and Bo was really a hybrid because he was fast too. He was strong and he was like a hybrid. But I don't know when last time we just had a straight up hard running power. Like, here's one for you. Harvey Williams. Like, and he was even kind of lanky in frame. He wasn't like a like a real, you know, thick guy. So, 
I don't know, man. I think it's cool. I, I'm rooting for Chris Warren, and I hope it works out. All right, next up, let's go to our buddy Ruben in Vegas. Hey, Uncle Mosh, Murph, Ruben from Vegas. Haven't called in a while. Just watched the last two episodes, 117 and 118. Um, thank you for giving me a shout-out on 117 and being a made man. Like the shirts from episode 118. Real quick, uh, Robert Kraft got his balls deflated from the Patriots. And another thing, I know it's the off season, but uh, being on YouTube a lot, I follow the Raiders' uh, official YouTube page. And there's a thing on uh, the Las Vegas Stadium being built from the ground up. Little snippet episodes, you know. Living in Vegas, I pass by the stadium every day, and I know how how far ahead we are. But it's a pretty cool behind the scenes look of how the stadium is getting built. And if you guys want to check that out, you know, during all season and the draft or whatnot. But anyways, uh, so want to give a check in. Uh, haven't forgot about you guys. Been busy with life, whatnot. But Raiders is always in my blood. So want to give you guys a quick shout out. Say what's up. Win, lose, or tie. Raiders till we die, baby. Go Raiders! All right, great job there, Ruben in Vegas. Appreciate that. Let me go to Uncle Mosh's camera over there because you can see the uh, the welcome to Las Vegas Raiders sign uh, that was sent to us courtesy of our buddy there, Ruben uh, in Vegas, man. Really appreciate him sending that to us. And uh, uh, that's been an awesome, awesome addition here to the uh, to the fan cave. So appreciate you. And yeah, um, you know, so in the off season, we're going to feature a lot of that Ra- the Raiders from the ground up, the series that they have on the, uh, on the stadium going up, man. That is a really cool... Uh, video series that they've had you know narrated by mike rowe who's one of the greatest voiceover guys ever um so that that's been a really cool thing and i'm i'm jealous ruben the the idea that you get to watch that thing go up every day like that's cool man that you get to sit you know did you get on a daily basis to watch that thing just get bigger and bigger and start to take shape man that's a that's awesome so please keep the updates coming to us and uh, i didn't forget about you um you know i'm gonna I'm I'm gonna get ruben one of our our get made t-shirts uh as soon as we get those in and get those sent to him all right so in the chat had a few uh few of you jumped out on my power back comment and mentioned Tyrone Wheatley. Yes, great. That's a that is probably it. Um I like Zach Crockett a lot too. Um I was a huge Zach Crockett fan just because I loved his stat lines. He had like eight touchdowns on like eight carries for five yards or something crazy like that, right? Like I'm I'm being silly, but it was something like he, the guy, all he did was score touchdowns. Like he was amazing. I love Zach Crockett, but Wheatley, yes, was was definitely the uh, a compliment uh, power back as well. So he's he's definitely one to consider. I would I'd say that's probably it. I'd say Wheatley was the last real power back. But was it? He was even faster though. Somebody look his stats up if you, if you don't mind. I don't know what he how what's how tall he was, but I don't think he was six three. He was more like a six-footer, right? Like, I don't think he was more like an Eddie George-type build than he was a Derrick Henry-type build. There's a, I don't know why I'm using Titans examples. But anyways, you know what I'm saying, though. Uh, I, I think that, they, that he was more that type of build. But anyways, if someone wouldn't mind looking at that, uh, I'd be curious to see what, what that is. But yes, but definitely Wheatley was a, was a powerful runner. All right, let's go to uh, someone who's in the chat and uh, hear from our buddy Just Win Johnny. Uh, Just Win Johnny sent me a, a disclaimer earlier this week. He said, I may or may not have been hanging out with the guys in Jersey and, uh, and, and been overserved. So I think you sounded fine when I put this together. So, but we'll check in with our buddy just when Johnny. Hey, Murph, Uncle Moss, Raider Nation. This is just when Johnny. Um, calling in a little complaint here, Murph. I don't know where your suggestion box is, but uh, I just left the cottage in. And although they're amazing guys and great people, they told me I couldn't join that chapter of the black hole until I got on the table and did the truffle shuffle in front of everybody. 
<laughs> I blame you, Moss. I blame you. I just kidding. Those guys were great until uh, Potts came through the window, blasting Batman with a boombox <laughs> strapped to him like Data from Goonies, just flying in. Just kidding. They, they're really cool guys. I had a great time there. Uh, I'm glad that uh, your show introduced me to them. And go Raiders. Just when Johnny out. All right, awesome job there. Great call, just when Johnny. Yeah, so just when Johnny went to uh, went to the Irish Cottage in there in uh, in in Franklin, New Jersey, and met up with our buddies at the Fan Club Blitz. Met up with uh, with Splatterhead Fitz and Tom, and I believe Chris Potts as well. And so, uh, yeah, glad you had a good time, man. That's fun. Uh, one of these days, man. Mosh and I are going to get up there, hoping for this next year. Uh, we really look forward to get up there and meet those guys and and see the see the Fan Club Blitz live. And if you ever want to check out the Fan Club Blitz, it's here on the Murph's Fan Cave Podcast network all you got to do is subscribe to our feed you can just search murph's fan cave on any podcast service that you have out there and you'll find us so that's on apple podcast it's on stitcher it's on google play it's on all that good stuff and uh and then of course here on the youtube feed as well so uh so so glad you got the chance to do that that was the first official murph's fan cave network meetup frankly i think that was it well I know that Monster Mash, Ken, and Chuck got together at one point, but uh, uh, that that might have been the the official one. But yeah, those guys have had meetups, and well, we I guess we did too. We we had our um, our meetup in, uh, in 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 Tennessee uh, out there week one before the Raiders Titans game. Uh, so I guess we we really had our first official one. But this one about the draft, something's different about this one. It's just I feel like it's just going to be. Uh, bigger and a little bit more involved uh with you all versus us just kind of posting up at our at our little tailgate party that we had out there i say little it was it was kind of a big deal too it was fun but it wasn't big because of us we were part of somebody else's uh big thing but anyways all right so uh next up let's hear from our buddy eye patch hey murph uncle mosh what's going on i patch calling in it's been a few weeks uh i've been feeling a little bit under the weather a little uh shagad uh was <laughs> A little bit longer than I thought. I was ready to call in and uh, ask uh, Uncle Mosh if he still had his uh, his little breathing apparatus, <laughs> but and he's inhaler. But anyway, guys, it's uh, something on my mind about this whole car thing, man. Every day, it just seems like it's more and more uh, talk about car getting traded at the draft and trades going here, trades going there. Um, I hope it's not true, you know. But when they say there's smoke, there's fire. I'm just getting a little worried. I'd like to see this kid get another shot. Anyway, I've been still listening to you guys on a podcast. Love all your shows. Uh, haven't been able to tune in there on the uh, YouTube because uh, my fiance, she seems to, uh, she just doesn't get it. You know, she's a Jet fan, so, you know, that, that says it all right there. But anyway, <laughs> yeah, that's why she's still a fiance anyway. But uh, so much you guys know, I'm looking forward to coming down with the draft for the draft. And, uh, I was wondering if you guys had any info about the uh, NFL um, little app that you got to get. I'm, I keep trying to sign into it to get the tickets, and it seems all I ever see is the 2018 app is still on there. If you guys have any information, I'd love to uh, hear if uh, any updates on it. And anyway, take care, everyone. Hope uh see everybody at the draft. Take care. All right, look forward to meeting you, iPatch, at the uh, at the draft. Yeah, and as I mentioned earlier, that app is uh, unavailable as of right now, uh, but we will definitely keep you posted uh, as we get closer on that. All right, so let's uh, go next up uh, to our uh, new friend of the show. And, uh, you know, when you call the show three times, we play your message on the show three times, 
Uh, we refer to you as a made man. I have to check his eye patch. I think eye patch has already been made. It's hard for me to get. There's now like 30 of you, so it's hard for me to remember uh, everybody off the top of my head. I have to look up, look up at the list. I believe eye patch has already been made. But so we're going to add another one to the list tonight. Uh, I've really enjoyed uh, this guy's call so far. Another East Coast Raider guy. I can't. It's crazy how many East Coast Raider fans are, and not only are there a lot of them, a lot of you, but you're vocal. I love it, man. The guys from New York, the guys from New Jersey, um, all over the place up there in the Northeast, but really especially Jersey and around kind of the outskirts of New York City, man. It seems like there's just a, a big concentration of Raider fans, and we'd love to hear from you. And uh, so one of our new favorites and also now official made man. I'm going to play the music after his call. Let's hear from our buddy, Rev Raider. What's going on, Murph and Uncle Mosh? This is Rev Raider calling again from Jersey. And um, I was just calling to give my thoughts. I'm so happy that uh, the cooler heads have prevailed. And, you know, we're going to be playing in Oakland, what it's looking like. Just got to finalize that good paperwork, you know, so I'm happy about that, you know, because the whole debacle with us playing in other places, especially in San Francisco, I mean, the way they were hating on us, that's just crazy, man. It's just a year. So with that being said, the 49ers shutting it down, they can kiss my dog where his tail covers. I mean, honestly, <laughs> us playing in, in Levi Stadium and playing second fiddle, I'm sure all of us as Raiders fans, we probably have more enjoyment defecating in our hands and doing a 1980s movie slow clap. But that's just my thoughts. Um, but moving on, you know, um, definitely excited about uh, the draft, but I'm not going to, like, make any crazy predictions right now because we still got to look at free agency. There's a lot of good love and free agency, you know. Definitely agree with you guys. I'd definitely like to see uh, Frank Clark, you know, or Flowers coming over, you know. Maybe definitely C.J. Mosley. We definitely need a linebacker or somebody could do something in the middle of the field, you know. We need that quarterback on defense. Uh, but definitely excited about the draft. Um, the way it looks, Quentin Williams might drop to us, but if he doesn't, I would even like to see us take a stretch, you know, and go after uh, maybe DK Metcalf. We can get some edge rushers late in a, in a later round, somebody like Brian Burns or somebody like that or Zach Allen. But uh, that's just my thoughts. Excited for everything. So let me get up off this thing before, you know, uh, Google Voice tries to claim my soul like it's finish him in Mortal Kombat. But y'all have a good one. Always love this show. You are a made man. You showed you are part of the family by participation. By chance, a man like yourself should make enemies, then they would become my enemies. Showing you are a friend of Raiders Fan Radio, you have leapt across the line. Friendship is everything. Friendship is more than talent. It is more than the government. It's almost equal to family. Be loyal, made man, Raider fan. Someday, and that day may never come, I'll call upon you to do a service for me. But until that day, accept this as a gift. And don't ever forget, words can hurt more, but silence can break hearts. All right, congratulations to Rev Raider, the newest made man 
uh, here on Raiders Fan Radio, the last, uh, the latest one uh, to get made. So the uh, the rundown looks like this: uh, Your made men are Jimmy Zebach, Johnny in San Diego, Chuck Splatterhead McCann, Ron in Alliance, Ohio, the Dakota Raider, Aaron the Q Dog Raider, Red in Yakima, Jim from the East Coast, Yayo in Jersey, Big Raider Trucker, Wyoming Raider, Diego in Georgia, Running Baron Tulare, Mojo Raider, Junior in San Diego, James in Arkansas, Monster Mash Ken, Houston Raider Steve, Jesse in Kentucky, B Dog in a pasture in texas max in san diego uh rev raider now congratulations rev eye patch as i mentioned alex in tucson ruben in vegas kevin the raider nerd paul in shropshire mississippi 24 karat kev the cool ass raider and beto you know the city we are metallica and we are here for your oakland raiders you know why we are here From The Walking Dead to Errant Jedi Knights, Raiders fans are a rogues gallery. All right, so congratulations once again to Rev Raider, and thank you to all of you made men out there that support uh, Raiders Fan Radio uh, on a regular basis. Appreciate everybody that's in the chat. Uh, YD Marskell, Aaron the Q-Dog Raider. Watts Raider, what's up, Watts? Uh, Just went Johnny, Running Bear. Uh, let's see, Bobby Wasabi's in there. Oakland Raider Trucker. Coach Randy Hansen. Raider Beto. Raider Beto, you know the city. I uh, appreciate all of you guys uh, jumping in there. Hardcore Raider. Uh, I see you in there. I see you, Hardcore Raider. There, I, I didn't forget you, man. I didn't forget you. I uh, appreciate you guys uh, all uh, supporting Raiders Fan Radio uh, the way that you do. So, uh, real quick, I do want to mention something about... Uh, uh, his comment about Rev Raiders comment about DK Metcalf uh, and the two old Miss wide receivers and, and uh, 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 I believe Bobby Wasabi there in the chat mentioned something about DK Metcalf also. I wasn't, I mean, I knew who he was being in SEC country. Uh, I, I knew the name and I knew some of the highlights, but really this week watching a lot of his highlights, holy cow, that guy's got a crazy catch radius. Like, I don't know if you, if you if you all have seen there are a few catches that he made this year that where he extends for the ball without leaving his feet and like he catches one they're way out in front of him it's it's like he's I mean his stretch is fantastic so uh, I'm definitely excited uh, to watch uh, DK Metcalf and uh, and then I mean we'll we'll see if, if he's wearing a Raider jersey especially uh, but he's one of those guys man I, I you know. I hope he doesn't become like, you know, a Bronco or a Charger or a Chief or a Niner or a Cowboy or whatever, because, you know, th- those players that like you kind of you start to like in, uh, in the draft and then they they go and play for other teams. It's uh, it's it's definitely always a drag. So uh, anyways, uh, appreciate uh, all of you as always. And uh, I'm going to stall for a second here because I'm trying to find my show notes from last week. Here they are. Um, Last week, we, uh, we skipped over our Raiders in pop culture segment uh, because we were out of time. So I'm going to play those real quick before we get out of here tonight. And uh, uh, they were two phone calls. So I didn't do anything for the Raiders in pop culture. They were part of two phone calls that were called in. So still part of the, the Sea of Fans mailbag. We're going to kind of combine that with our Raiders in pop culture and finish out. And so first, let's go to, let's see, it was Jeff in SoCal, and then Raider Rue. And uh, so let's go ahead and, and hit that. Uh, hit Jeff's phone call first. Hey, Murph. Hey, Uncle Mosh. This is Jeff, One Nation Only Jeff from SoCal. Just calling in. I sent you an email with some attachments for 
my input into the Raiders of, in pop culture. Uh, back in the early 90s, there was a sports card magazine called Pro Action, and they had a X-Men insert. And in that insert comic, uh, Wolverine was taking on Howie Long in a simulated exercise and loss. Uh, I attached images of that. Uh, on another note, about 20-some years ago, uh, to show how great the Raider Nation fans are, uh, when our family first got its first computer, messed around on the Internet, I became a member of some a Raider Nation fan forum back in the day, and somebody had posted on there that on eBay, Lester Hayes' Super Bowl ring was on there for sale. But they were telling everybody in the nation not to bid on it because the higher, highest bid on the ring was Lester Hayes himself trying to buy it back. And as it would have it, it all went down and Lester Hayes got his ring back. Well, about 10 years later, he was signing autographs inside a Walmart down by me and ran into him and they had a delay in his setting up his signing booth. But he sat there and hung out with me for about two hours while they were getting everything set up and told me the whole story of how he had to have some dental work done and went to a pawn shop to get the cash to get his dental work done while he was in Vegas. And when he went back to get his ring back from the pawn shop, they told him, oh, we sold it. But lo and behold, they hadn't. And years later, it was on eBay. Anyway, uh, sitting there and talking to him was one of the best experiences I had meeting a former player, and him and Lyle Alzader are probably my two all-time favorites. Anyway, just thought I'd share that story with you. I'll talk to you soon. Raider Nation for life. What happens in Vegas started in Oakland. Talk to you guys later. Bye. That is a great call, Jeff and SoCal. Appreciate the call. And as I mentioned there, he had a combined, not only a Sea of Fans mailbag call there, but combine it with Raiders and pop culture. And uh, he sent me some great pictures. And so I'm holding, I don't know if you could see it on the, on the YouTube or not. Uh, there you can kind of, t- so it's Howie Long and Wolverine fighting each other there. And I'll put these pictures up on our Facebook so you guys can see them uh, a little more clearly But because uh, they're, they're, they're good high-res photos there. But uh, that is so cool, man. Like, what a, what a neat idea uh, to put them in a Marvel comic. And, uh, you know, uh, for those of you that have listened to us long enough, you know that we're kind of we're nerdy in that way. I mean, you can look over here at my, my, my wall over there behind, halfway behind Uncle Mosh and a lot of, you know, uh, Iron Man and Black Panther and Captain America and, this, you know, all the Civil War stuff and everything over there. I'd love all that, uh, all that, that, that Marvel stuff. And so anyway, so that's definitely within our wheelhouse. And so I appreciate, uh, that, uh, Jeff in SoCal appreciate the call and appreciate the, uh, the heads up to that Wolverine and Howie long, uh, in the comics. All right. One more we got for you. Let's go to our buddy Raider Rue in Utah. Hey Murph, uncle Mosh, Raider Rue in Logan, Utah. Listened to the last episode, heard Raider Beto call in and said that he believes that the Raiders are the only team to play in the Super Bowl in their home state. And while I would love for that to be true, neat trivia, however, it is incorrect. The 49ers beat the Dolphins in Super Bowl 19 playing in Stanford Stadium. So they've actually won a Super Bowl in their home market. But that was pretty close. Good stuff. But uh, for the accuracy point, I just, I don't know, I always remember stuff like that. Also, the Raiders in pop culture, I've got one that I've just remembered, and I haven't heard anybody say it, so if I missed it, I'm sorry, but 
TV show called In This House, starring LL Cool J, LL Cool J, and it began in 1995, ran through part of 99, and LL Cool J's character was a former Oakland Raiders, I believe, running back, but definitely former Raider, and he had to retire because of injury and was short on money, so he rented out um, rooms in his in his house to afford it. Anyways, just wanted to share those little tidbits, and uh, go Raiders. Awesome call, Raider Roo, and a great submission for Raiders and pop culture. I went back and looked through, because I like to get audio clips of these when, when you all send them our way uh, with, with these suggestions. I like to try to dig up the audio clips, and I, I found a lot of stuff from that show, and I remember that show uh, in the house with, with LL Cool J, and, uh, but I couldn't find any quotes where he referenced the Raiders specifically. I do actually remember that being like as part of the plot. I remember that being as a, as a, as a device in the storyline there, but, but again, I couldn't find anything if I do. Uh, and, uh, then we'll definitely play it. And if you, any of you out there, if you have, uh, access to that or remember a YouTube clip or whatever, shoot that our way. So I can, uh, I can play that on the show. Cause that's, that's a great one there and great job, uh, Raider Roo and, uh, and appreciate the, uh, the call and the submission to Raiders of pop culture. We've gotten so many of those. This segment has taken off probably not probably it has i've gotten more interaction with you all for this raiders and pop culture segment than any of the other segments we've ever done and we get a lot of messages to the show we get a lot of facebooks and twitters and uh you know phone calls and emails and all that obviously uh but this raiders of pop culture we've had movie submissions uh chuck mccann sent us christine that i haven't uh played yet but is like you know as far as like part of uh, in, in a scene in the movie has like Raiders in the background, uh, a lot of song lyrics. Uh, a lot of folks have sent me stuff, um, you know, from Oakland based groups on, you know, uh, you know, so it's just, it's been great. It's been, it's been a lot of fun. So keep those things coming, man. That's something that, uh, I I'll never get tired of. And I, and I hope that you don't either, uh, you know, seeing our team represented, uh, in, in media in other ways that are non-sports related or not direct sports related is, is pretty cool. It's pretty fun stuff. So, so definitely keep those coming. And, uh, all right. So I appreciate all of you joining us, uh, here in the chat, uh, tonight. And I appreciate all of you joining us live here on, uh, Mur in Murph's fan cave for Raiders fan radio. Uh, we are uh, going to be back full force next week and then look for Sunday. Uh, we'll have some stuff from me and Mosh and Kevin, the Raider nerd that will definitely be coming up, uh, this Sunday as we go down to see the Birmingham iron play live down at Legion field. Uh, appreciate Scott winter. I appreciate him joining me here for an awesome interview. Again, I've, I've said it a few times, but I want to say it again. For those of you that are on the YouTube, go back and listen to this interview with Scott. Scott's great. He is so accurate in his reporting, and of course, he's a Raider fan. Uh, but he, but he, you know, he, he keeps it realistic though too. He's not, uh, you know, totally pie in the sky. He's not an apologist. He's accurate in his reporting, and that's one of the things we've always respected uh, most about Scott. So for those of you in the chat, I can't scroll, but Jeff Barnett, Watts Raider, Raider YD, Richie. Ch Cheddar, great name. Aaron the Q-Dog Raider, Oakland Raider Trucker, Ron with the Wrench, the Mater Raider. Thank you for taking care of the chat for us, Ron, in there. Uh, as always, uh, FRNKMDRD83, appreciate you. Appreciate Carl Crater. Appreciate Mojo Raider. Uh, appreciate Haley Mew, uh, Raider Jobo. Uh, so many of you in there. Hardcore Raider, thank you so much for joining us and supporting the show the way that you do. We appreciate you, and uh, we will see you on Sunday. So as always, always my friends go Raiders and just remember as always what happens in Vegas start in Oakland have a good night guys
I'm sure all of us as Raiders fans, we probably have more enjoyment defecating in our hands than doing a 1980s movie <laughs> slow clap. Hi, it's Jamie, progressive number one, number two employee. Leave a message at the... Hey, Jamie, it's me, Jamie. This is your daily pep talk. I know it's been rough going ever since people found out about your acapella group, Mad Harmony, but you will bounce back. I mean, you're the guy always helping people find coverage options with the Name Your Price tool. It should be you giving me the pep talk. Now get out there, hit that high note, and take Mad Harmony all the way to nationals this year! Sorry, this is pitchy. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Hi, it's Jamie, Progressive's Employee of the Month, two months in a row. Leave a message at the... Hi, Jamie. It's me, Jamie. I just had a new idea for our song about the Name Your Price tool. So when it's like, tell us what you want to pay, hey, 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 and the trombone goes, blah, 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 and you say, we'll help you find coverage options to fit your budget. Then we just all do finger snaps while a choir goes, savings coming at ya, savings coming at ya. Yes? No? Maybe? Anyway, see your practice tonight. I got new lyrics for the rap break. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Driving plays a big part in driving the local economy. It helps us all get where we're going and creates good jobs close to home. At Synovus Energy, our refineries in Toledo and Lima are a reliable domestic source of gasoline, diesel, and jet fuel. Plus, more than 2,300 employees and contractors work for us here in Ohio. See how we're helping local communities move forward at synovus.com. Driving plays a big part in driving the local economy. It helps us all get where we're going and creates good jobs close to home. At Synovus Energy, our refineries in Toledo and Lima are a reliable domestic source of gasoline, diesel, and jet fuel. Plus, more than 2,300 employees and contractors work for us here in Ohio. See how we're helping local communities move forward at synovus.com.